Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special edition of Kicking Out at Two this week. I'm your host, Dave Rosenbluth, as we are here to celebrate the life of the late, great Owen Hart. This week, we are reaching the 20th anniversary of his tragic passing, and uh, we decided that we wanted to pay homage to one of the all-time greats in the history of professional wrestling, discuss all of his uh, notable career highlights, memories that we have watching uh, Owen Hart as, as kids growing up, and uh, just kind of keep it a, a light-hearted, positive um, discussion when it comes to um, the career, the, the wrestling career of uh, uh, Owen Hart. So um, without further ado, someone who is very familiar with uh, Owen Hart's career, uh, an individual who, uh, you know, is a big, 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 big fan of uh, the Hart family and this individual in particular, um, my brother Justin. What's going on, man? Glad to be here. Uh, when you asked me if this was, uh, you know, something I was interested in doing this episode, this uh, this theme, I was definitely going to jump at this. Uh, like I said, like you said, uh, the Hart family has uh, got a near and dear place in my pro wrestling heart. So uh, obviously that big part of that is Owen Hart. So. Very cool. And if you guys got any uh, Owen Hart memories that you'd like to share, hit us up on social media, facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two. You can hit that like button if you have not already. You can post on our page some of your favorite Owen Hart matches, moments, any Owen Hart stories that you may, able to, may be able to tell, whether they're personal, if you've ever met him before, or if they're stories that you've heard um, from other wrestlers over the years and uh, shoot interviews and podcasts and things like that. Um, you can also give us those same memories over on Twitter. Our handle is at kicking out two K I C K N O U T and the number two. Um, like I said, same thing over on, uh, uh, on, on Facebook. You can do it over on Twitter, but you know, kind of keep the, uh, the, the, the memories 140 to 220 characters or less. Cause that's a Twitter thing. Which I think is kind of stupid, but whatever. That's, I guess, what makes Twitter, you know, uh, what it is. <laughs> but anyhow, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into uh, this, uh, this discussion here. Um, you know, it was, it, this week it'll be 20 years since he's passed away, tragically. And, you know, we will kind of touch upon, you know, our, our thoughts and memories surrounding um, the circumstances with his, with his passing. But, um, you know, mostly positive. Um, your first memory of growing up watching Owen Hart? Um, I would say one of my earliest memories was obviously his big his big moment when he turned heel in '94 at the Royal Rumble with uh, you know turning on Brett. Obviously, Bret Hart is my all time guy, so that really kind of cemented Owen Hart to me for a number of years as Public Enemy Number One. Um, because even while they weren't necessarily going against each other, you know, the whole time they were on opposite sides of the fence, you know, Owen Hart was still, you know, he was that bastard. He was that piece of shit who turned on his brother. And, you know, and I think there was, um, you know, again, again, having grown up watching wrestling longer than I can remember, I already knew who Owen Hart was, you know, as, as weird as that sounds like, but the whole Hart family dynamic was, was such that was, um. You know, it's very relatable. You know, everyone, you know, not everyone, but, you know, you have brothers, you've got sisters, you've got, you know, mothers, fathers, you know, that family dynamic is easily relatable. And for us, that's very clear with having four brothers, being in a one of a rambunctious, larger family. Um, you know, it was kind of like we were the hearts in a lot of respects. And, you know, being the youngest one, I'm not going to say I like to think I was Owen, but, you know, I could be in many ways referred to as Owen in a lot of respects uh, by other people. Um 
But, um, you know, my earliest memories were, were again, very, tr that was like my traumatic moment. You know, I think a lot of people in your generation look at, you know, when, when, uh, you know, Andre sold the belt to uh, the WWE championship belt to million dollar man and the, the, yep. the, the, the crooked referees <laughs> and that angle on that Saturday night's event as being a very traumatic moment in, in the wrestling in your in wrestling fandom. Um, for me, it was, it was, it was Owen kicking Bregg's leg out from under his leg. Like, that was, <laughs> you know, that really left an impression on me because, you know, you know, that was my hero and, you know, brothers don't fight. You know what I mean? You know, at least you don't think they do yeah. at that age. Um, outside of just, you know, you know, jumping off a couch, but you know, he was, he was a real, he turned his back on his whole family because he, you know, he thought he was the best and, you know, in my mind he wasn't. So it was like, how dare you? Yeah. So were you familiar with Owen before the storyline with Brett? Like, were you familiar with like, you know, you're, you're five, you know, you're six years younger than me. So, um, were you familiar with the stuff he did like with, you know, uh, high energy with Coco Beware, or even, or you might be too young for the for the Blue Blazer. So I, I, here's the thing, you know, at the time when those things are going on, no, I probably wasn't familiar. But yeah, again, like I've said to you before, you know, I'm sure there was a there was a, you know, I might have been in a crib somewhere and there was a WWF you know program going on at some point, and he was you on know, it, and, yeah. and he was on it, or just yeah. you know, that's again, I've I've never not known what wrestling was. I can never tell you my 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 oh my god this is so cool moment yeah i love this because it's literally you know i've known you as long as i've known wrestling yep. as weird as that is to say you mm -hmm. know what i mean i've known my own name as long as i've known what wrestling is so yeah. it just it's been a part of my whole life for so long that i think um i obviously became more curious about it over the years but um yeah like i would say probably after that it's probably when my curiosity of Owen, other than him being, um, you know, a member of the Hart family, was peaked, and I was like, it, you know, you read the magazines and yeah. stuff, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I can't tell you how many times we'd go to the grocery store, and while you know, mom and dad would go shopping, and you know, get the get the meats and the eggs, you know, I was sitting in the book book aisle, you know, Indian style, just buried in wrestling magazines, yeah. and you know, that's where you found out everything about everybody, even in back in the nineties, you know, yep. when kayfabe was pretty much dead and gone that's when you found out owen hart was tag team partners with coco beware or that he was the blue blazer you're like what yeah i knew who the blue blazer was yeah. or i remember you know hearing about the but that was owen yeah like, that was kind of like you know and that happened with a lot of guys for me so i can't it's really hard for me to figure out like when i was first like who is that that's introduced to him yeah, yeah like i said that's just wrestling just been literally before day one for me yeah. so um yeah, I don't have a, a a clear memory of those parts of Owen's career. You know, to me, Owen was always, you know, Brett's brother, and then of course the King of Hearts and, yeah. and everything else he would go on to become. So those yeah. are my clearer memories. Basically, Owen's career from '94 on was vividly in my mind. Yeah, I I, I remember as a kid, um, I didn't know Owen was the Blue Blazer until. Um, there's two instances where I kind of put the correlate, where I kind of put the connection together, I should say. Um, I remember watching an episode, I don't know if it was Superstars or Wrestling Challenge, and he was on. Um, I don't remember if he was with in a tag with Jim Neidhart because they were the new foundation. I don't know if he was doing a singles run, you know, 
with the, the, the checkered MC Hammer pants by himself at that point before Coco Beware. But I remember the announcers kind of alluding to the fact that he was the Blue Blazer. But, and I might have my timelines wrong here, I do remember as a kid having an idea. He was the first wrestler where I thought, he looks familiar like I've seen him before. Kind of like <laughs> okay. what some people felt like with Demolition Smash and the Repo Man. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Owen Hart's facial features, his nose. His body type, You know, too. his body type. Like, I kind of started to connect the dots a little bit, but I couldn't get it. This is what probably happened. I probably started connecting the dots and being like, he's familiar. Where do I know him from? And then the announcers kind of alluded to the fact that he was the Blue Blazer. That makes sense. And then I was like, oh, boom, light bulb goes off. And like, all right, I get it now. Yeah, he was the Blue Blazer. Okay, now I can see it. Yeah, the same moonsaults, the drop kicks, the the look with the mask. Right, right. Those were my first rec- my first memories of Owen Hart, um, seeing as I got a few years on you. Um, didn't really they didn't really play up the fact too much on TV that he was Brett's brother. Um, they kind of kept him with um, with uh, um, Nightheart for a little while. And what a crime that would be today if you didn't if if how dare Vince McMahon not acknowledge that you know Owen Hart. It's Brett's brother. Oh, yeah. Like, today, the internet would be like, tell us they're brothers, damn yeah. it. Because that's or like just... Or well, like when they debuted the Bray Wyatt character and they were chanting Husky Harris. Like, yeah. Like, 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 the stupid idiot internet wrestling fans thought that, like, they were supposed to, like, explain how he became Bray Wyatt from right. Husky Harris. Yeah, yeah. So they were so mad that they didn't get their storyline explanation that yeah. they started chanting it. Yeah, yeah. no. What I, do they think? We're idiots? We yeah, know they're brothers. We, you gotta tell us. Yeah. That's why they're not telling you yeah. because they know you know. Yeah, 2019. <laughs> that would have been a, cra- that would have been <laughs> a, a travesty. Crime, yeah. yeah. And a crock of shit to most fans. But yeah, yeah that's what I remember. Um, my earliest with memories of Owen um, with Nightheart and then even with Coco Beware. Um, there was so much going on in wrestling that, like, they were just kind of like a footnote or, you know, an afterthought yeah. um, for me as a fan. You know, until the, 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 the big moment when Owen would, you know, have this, have this you know, classic storyline with his brother, Brett. You, you, you alluded to it um, with the, the, the Royal Rumble spot, which really started back at Survivor Series when they had the, 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 the four-on-four elimination um, with Brett and Owen, Keith, and Bruce against Shawn Michaels and the, the, Knights. the Knights, which was originally supposed to be Jerry Lawler and the Knights, but um, you've heard the story. Um, it's been discussed on uh, Pritchard's uh, podcast where... Uh, it's kind know, of been a, you know, kind of one of those untold, but sort of everyone knows happened type... Yeah. Like, I don't want to say urban legends, because that's not really something, but yeah. it's just, you know... You know, Lawler got in some legal trouble with, a, you know, a, a couple of females and they, you know, they had to pull him and they kind of did a, a, a last minute replacement with Shawn Michaels, who was suspended at the time. Right. Um, and they still had these three nights. Um, but what we could describe as an urban legend was the story that Pritchard told regarding the, the spots with the Knights, because originally um, 
they wanted to do, you know, some well-known wrestlers under the mask, and they were going to do reveals. Yeah. And one of them, and one of them ended up being Greg Valentine. Another one ended up being, I think, like either Steve Lombardi, the Brooklyn Brawler, or Barry Horowitz. I think yeah, was I think one Barry of them. Was but one of them. Terry Funk was supposed to be one of the nights. Yeah, yeah. And that was the famous story where you know Pritchard. Uh, my horse is sick. Like he didn't want to do the spot. Could have just yeah. I could have just said that. Yeah. Um. I think it would have taken away from. I think I. I think the right way thing happened. Like, yeah. The way it, it went down was the right. Yeah. Because yeah. obviously the story that was being told was you know was Owens you know or was going to be begun to be told was Owens uh, elimination and his I don't want to say ostracized you know positioning in the family but you know obviously the the. The jealous brother part was coming into play, yeah. and, you know, that's the you know that would have probably not had a, as much space or impact if they had done the whole, you know, you know reveal spots with all the eliminated knights. So yeah. it ended up working out. Oh sure. yeah, and uh, you know they 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 kind of teased it a little bit towards the end of 1993 with um, the interviews, the sit downs with Owen, challenging Brett. Um, but then, you know, miraculously, um, they patch things up over the holidays I and, remember that, yeah. and, and automatically received a title opportunity at um, the, the, the tag team champions who were the Quebecers at the time at that Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about it on our uh, Royal Rumble 1990, our Royal Rumble match watch along, mm-hmm. uh, our watch party of the 1994 Royal Rumble match. We kind of alluded to it. And like you said. Owen kicked Brett's leg out of his leg. He was publicly enemy number one. He was a piece of shit to you at, at you know, <laughs> at a few years old, um, six, seven years old. Um, as a kid, now knowing the collision course that they were on, Owen, Brett, WrestleMania 10. What were your, what, what were your thoughts going into that match. There was weeks of build up, months of build up with interviews and um you know the way they had built Owen up as like, you know, the the little nugget, the before they even called him a nugget, the pesty little brother that was trying to get the best of Brett and you know he was living in the shadow so to speak. Um talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on the build up towards me, that. To me it was like revenge. It was like you know a, you know, he obviously laid a cheap shot on Brett to to cement the heel turn at the Royal Rumble, and to me, it was like, well, you know, that wasn't a fair one. You know, yep. you got Brett, you know, hobbled on a leg, and and, yeah. and you kick him while he's down, you know, metaphorically speaking, mm-hmm. and, and 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 get one over on him that way. But to me, it was like this guy just, you know, he's arguably, you know, and to me, he was the best there is, the best there was, yeah. the best there will be. You know, we're gonna get a fresh Bret Hart in the ring at WrestleMania where, you know, as a kid when, you know, five years old, that's where Bret Hart's going to, you know, that's where he's going to win. Owen's going to get his comeuppance. That's pretty much, you know, to me, even if five years old was, that was a foregone conclusion to me. You know, Bret Hart is going to teach his brother a lesson and Owen's not going to have any excuse. Neither is Bret, you know, Bret's fresh and ready. You know what I mean? And he's, and he's prepared for Owen. Now that he knows his brother is a a bastard, he's going to, He's gonna. It's gonna be mano y mano in the middle yeah. of the ring, and to me, Bret Hart was Owen wasn't even in Bret Hart's league as far as I was concerned, and that's the beauty of it looking back on it now. But to me, there he was not in Bret's league. So to me, it was he's gonna just mop the floor with his little brother, and he's gonna show him who the 
who the best there is, the best there was, the best there will be is. And that's what I was looking forward to. Well, that's the, the, like you said, that's the beauty of it, looking back on it now. But at the same time, it also was a detriment, I felt like, moving forward in, on, uh, from a long-term aspect for Owen Hart. Because he was treated as, like, less than or beneath Brett, you know, with the, 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 the pesty little brother. Like, it didn't seem... He didn't seem like on the same level as Brett. It was like almost treated like Brett needed to get rid of this little distraction yeah. and move on to other things. Absolutely. As That's opposed exactly to like, like the two brothers being looked at like equals. Do you think after... And, and the match is phenomenal. Is is like I said, the greatest opening match in WrestleMania history. We covered, uh, yeah, absolutely. We covered WrestleMania openers in a, a special Mount Rushmore edition. Uh, it's a bonus show. It's available over in the archives at SoundCloud.com, as well as over at uh, the RetroMania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network at Podbean. Dennis helped me out with that one. Um, and there's, we also did a, a watch party at WrestleMania 10, which is over in the archives at the same SoundCloud.com, as well as uh, Podbean over at the RetroMania. Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. The match itself, greatest opener in WrestleMania history. Did you feel like following that match with the results, with Owen coming out the victor, that he was an equal to Brett or close to it? No. Um, was he still like not in his league? It was like um, I don't actually. I don't know if I. There's anything I could compare it to other than it was like, God damn it! Like Brett Law, like Owen won. Like it definitely raised his profile even to me. As like, okay, this is somebody that Brett's going to have to worry about. It also made things, as I remember, very interesting because it was like, I wanted Bret Hart to defend the championship against Owen. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think people, you know, the adult me would have probably looked at that angle and been like, oh, well, this sets up the title match. You yeah, know what I mean? This is five-year-old. You know, yeah. Owen, Owen, you know, adult me w- would say today, Owen deserves a title shot. He beat the now champion yep. in the same night as the Brett winning the title. Yeah. So, but to me on the other side, it was like, Brett's the champion. He's got to go defend that title against Owen. He's got to go beat Owen and now as the champion. Mm-hmm. Like, as I know that doesn't make a lot of sense. Loss. Yeah, yeah. But like, to me, it was like, it was that much more reason to go see the rematch because Brett again needed to, you know, teach his little brother a lesson. Yeah. So, as the champion, it was like, okay, like, not not like bring it, but like, you know, you you think you're you think you're as good as your brother, but your brother's a champion. Yeah. So he's gonna show you why he's the champion, and that was kind of like the five year old mindset, of, you know, as best as I remember. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I would say that that's his profile was hundred percent raised. Like yeah. I didn't, but he still wasn't Bret Hart. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm not saying he was Bret Hart. Yeah, I'm yeah. Just saying, but to me, know. like, they're in the same league. Yeah. Okay. But Bret Hart's the champion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And, you know, towards the end of that night, you know, we saw Bret win the title from Yokozuna. That picturesque moment. He's on He's on Lex Luger and Razor Ramon's shoulders. All the good guys are in the ring. Roddy Piper, Randy Savage, Gorilla Monsoon, Vince McMahon even jumped in the ring. All the WrestleMania celebrities celebrating Bret. He's been vindicated. Um, coming off of that loss a year prior. Yeah, the whole year journey. The whole year journey that his character went through from losing the title. We've kind of talked about this on, on prior episodes. Um, the stuff with you know Yokozuna, Hogan, Jerry Lawler, to leading up to this point. And then they end the show with Owen in the aisleway 
watching and just looking on in disgust um, at Brett while they all want him to come in and celebrate. Yeah. Everyone thinks, like, you know, this is, you know, come on, celebrate your brother. Like, you guys battled it out. You proved who won, you know, you won the match. Like, come celebrate. And to Owen, it was still like, you know, no, it's all about Brett and it shouldn't be. That was like kind of like the vibe I yeah. got as a kid. Um, and like you said, like in your explanation, like he was in the same league, but now it was Brett's turn to kind of teach him a lesson. Um, but like, as, almost like for real this time. Not that yeah. like Brett, as a fan, you overlooked Owen. And as a fan, because, you know, especially at that age, you feel like your participation, your investment watching makes Bret Hart win. Yeah. It was almost like, damn, like, I did not think Bret was going to lose. Yep. But now that I think he could lose, I'm not letting Owen off the hook here. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of how I felt about it as a fan. Like, now he's the champion. Now I don't want him to lose the belt to Owen Mm -hmm. because that would be the worst thing ever. Yeah. Now he needs to go defeat Owen. Yeah. As the champion. That's kind of how I looked at it back then. Yeah. A few months later, in 1994, June, as a matter of fact, uh, Owen would win the King of the Ring tournament, the one-night tournament. Um, He would become the second annual um, King of the Ring under the King of the Ring pay-per-view kind of model because there were prior King of the Rings. And we're actually going to be doing a a King of the Ring trading places uh, coming up next month, uh, so be on the lookout for that. We're going to discuss uh, all the King of the Ring winners from 1993 to 2002, and play a little role reversal. Had they not won the King of the Ring, so that's going to be it's uh, going to be a lot of fun. But Owen won in '94, defeating uh, One Two Three Kid Tatanka and Razor Ramon in the finals, um, with a little bit of help of a familiar individual to the Hart family and to your hero Brett in particular. Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Um, what were your thoughts on um, not only Owen winning the King of the Ring, but having Nightheart a part of him and in this story of you know his war with his brother Brett? Um, Owen winning to me because Brett had won the prior year was almost like, God damn it! Like he like. It was it was it was like the it was like the Yankees like evening up the series, you know what I mean with the mm-hmm. Red Sox. I'm a Red Sox fan, so like that's you know maybe the the best analogy I can give. It was like he just had another thing that he could like check off that Brett did. Okay. Granted, the one denominator was the title. Yep. But again, Brett wasn't the champion when they when they faced each other. So to me, it was like ah, like damn it, like Razor Ramon should have won that. You know what I mean? Like because Razor Ramon was a big deal back then. Yep. Like Owen Hart winning was like. God damn it, like, he is really fucking good, but, like, yeah. but I hate him. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it just, it, it again, raised his profile by design, obviously. Yeah. But uh, it was just, it just made him a bigger threat. It was, to, it was to me, like, all he had, it was fearful as a young kid. Like, all he has to do now is beat Brett, and he is better than Brett. Because yeah. he'll have done everything Brett's done, it, period, at yeah. that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, in my eyes, like, King of the Ring, Brett's got that. King of the Ring, Owen's got it. You know, championship, you know, Brett, Owen beats Brett, you know, Owen beats him again for the belt. To me, it was like, it would, it would have knocked Brett down. It would have been like real debilitating at that time for me as a, as a fan of Knights fan. like, oh my God, like he can't, there's no, he can't let him do that. He can't lose to Owen. He mm-hmm. cannot lose. Neidhart getting involved. It was kind of like, 
even at five years old, like, you know, probably not in these exact words, like, what the hell did Brett do to you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what's, like, what the hell? Like, you guys were awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why the hell are you turning on, you know, not directly, but why are you, why are you with Owen? You know what I mean? Like, what the hell did Brett do to you? That's kind of how, that's kind of more or less how that was to me. Yeah. So did you, at, at, at five years old, did you think, like, after Owen won, that, like, it was automatic he was getting a title shot at Brett? Because that's how I kind of felt at 11 years old, like, that now Owen is the king of the ring, and he's already beaten Brett, who is now the champion. Right. There's, and with Nightheart helping him win, which, by the way, we forgot to mention, Nightheart was in Brett's corner earlier in the evening with the championship match against Diesel. Right. And... He cost Brett the victory, but Brett still got to keep the title. Right. And we, we would end up finding out later that it was done so that when Owen won King of the Ring, Brett was still the champion. Yep. So they were kind of leaning towards like, well, there's definitely going to be a title match between the two. So did you think after King of the Ring that like, oh, well, this is a foregone conclusion. They're wrestling for the belt. Yeah, but I wasn't as excited as I would have been after WrestleMania. Because, like I said, Owen had all, the momentum for Owen to me, you know, and it's not that I thought in these terms and yeah. five years old, but the momentum for like this, it was, it was stacked against Brett. If you think mm-hmm. about it, in a lot of respects, Owen just beat Brett. Owen's the king of the ring, you know. Like Owen's, you know, a bad guy traditionally doesn't want to face the good guy. Yeah, doesn't want to get the good guy on on uh, on fair ground. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're gonna do whatever they can underhandingly to do it. So to me, like, he was, like, this cocky, confident, like, I've beaten him before, I'll do it again, I won the King of the Ring, I've, you know, I, I've, I've, I can do all these great things, too, and you believed it, because you were, so it was almost like, oh, my God, like, I don't know if Brett could win this one. Like, it made me fearful that he would, that when they did wrestle, that he, that Brett was going to lose. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the, the, the stage was set. For that championship match in August of 1994 at SummerSlam, uh, which uh, you know we're, we at some point you know we plan to uh, to uh, cover that match of the 25 year anniversary, but um, we uh, you know let, let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, in, in my opinion, that's my favorite cage match of all time. Like, and the, now the cage match concept in wrestling. Serves many masters, in my opinion, okay? You know, cage matches have always been designed, in, uh, at least back in that time period, 25 years ago, as like the, the, the match to end it all, okay? The match to settle the score. The match where nobody else can get involved. Mm-hmm. The two guys are in there, mano y mano, battling it out. Now... In later years with cage matches, obviously with the invention of Hell in the Cell and Elimination Chamber and all these other big giant cage-like structures, a cage match has essentially become just like almost a regular match on on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I in recent years I've been a firm believer, depending on the story and depending on the participants in the cage match, um, the the rules of the match apply differently to different situations. So, for instance, last year they did Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar at the the Saudi Arabia show in a cage. And the object of the match was to either pinfall, submit, 
or escape the cage. Now, knowing the being aware of the kind of character, the kind of individual that Brock Lesnar is, Brock Lesnar doesn't seem like the type of person that's going to run away and try to escape a cage right. from a fight. You know what I mean? He's a he's a badass. He's legit. You know, if he's going to get it done, it's going to be in the middle, mm-hmm. and 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 he'll end the match right then and there. This instance here with Brett Nolan, it was escape only, and I thought that that match with the escape concept was so masterfully done. The way that they both would climb over each other to get out the yep. door, to climb the cage, Owen would. Owen would, you know, jump from, you know, halfway across the ring to try and grab Brett's leg as he's, yep. as he's you know, they crawling really, out the cage. really were able to really make you hang on and add your seat type stuff. And, and it like, was one of those cage match. It was the first cage match, to my recollection, as a youngster, where, like, when I watched the cage match, I was like, oh, well, someone's going to bleed. And, you know, this is, like, you know, a very personal, bloody rivalry. These two didn't drop an ounce of blood. In that yeah. match, and they didn't need and, to, and they didn't need to, and it was so, and they still wrestled too. Yeah, that was the great part about it too, is that like they had a good mix of like brawling, technical wrestling, um, the the psychology of the match with the with the, the 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 false finishes of the escape. We talk about in wrestling these days how false finishes are overdone with finishing moves and guys kicking out of everyone's finishers. This was like the epitome of a false finish, but in a different manner yeah. because there was no pinfalls in the match. And the story of the entire Hart family outside the cage, keeping them from coming in. You had a cameo from the British Bulldog yep. who nobody knew was going to be yep. there. He wasn't advertised prior. It was uh-huh. one of those like last minute he's sitting in the front row. Holy shit, what's he going to do? Yeah. He beat Brett two years ago at Wembley Stadium. Like The whole buildup. And everything surrounding that cage match, I absolutely love it. And like I said, I plan to cover it to celebrate the 25-year anniversary sometime uh, later this year as SummerSlam approaches. Probably going to do a watch party of that match. You're obviously welcome to to, to oh, partake yeah. in that one. Yeah, That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, uh, Jamie Garabedian might participate in it as well. I don't know if we can get him on board, uh, get our schedules together, but... Um, you know, I, I kind of mentioned it to him on our WrestleMania 10 watch party uh, recently if he wanted to be a part of it. But just that match in general is like my favorite. I think that, and, and I might be, it's just my opinion, but I think that match is better than the WrestleMania 10 match. Mm, yeah, I probably would agree. Um, there are two different probably, stories told, but... Yeah, I think... As an adult fan, I would probably agree, but as I, I would say as a young fan, I agreed because Brett won, period, the yeah. end. But um, yeah. I remember, and I don't remember specifically who meant, you know used the verbiage in, in, in their lead-up promos, but there was the analogy of them like being in the crib. I think Brett, Brett did it, that yeah. Of, uh, the pre-match with Todd So Pemio, to yeah. me, that was like, yeah, I, I've been in a crib before. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've shared a crib with my twin brother, Zach. Not that we, you know, ever, you know fought in it maybe yeah. he did who knows but um but like that almost like brought it like in terms that i could understand as a young kid like uh-huh. you know they're you know mom and dad are not going to help them out you know yeah. like, i understood that and I, you know what i mean i got what that meant you know there's no pulling these brothers apart um and in many ways it kept the family out um 
So those are the, the visuals of that, with it being a cage, and the, you know, the, the crib analogy, you know, the baby crib analogy, um, really, like, put it very blatant and obvious to me. But yes, I would agree with you. Well, I would also say that it is my favorite cage match, but I also think it is the best cage match of all time. You know, there's a lot of really good ones. But, leaning towards that um, one, yeah. For all the reasons you stated, again, it was... Um, I just remember watching that match and seeing, like, from the get-go, Owen didn't want to be there. From the get-go, Owen, and that was, like, as an adult fan, the psychology of it was very, that's, he just wants to get out of there and win the title. Anyway, yeah. Ken, and to me, that was, like, the conditions were now set. It was a fair one. Brett and Owen were going to find out who's the best. And the minute Owen, almost from the second the bell rang, he just tries to get out of there. Yeah. So to me, that was, like, okay. You aren't the best. Yeah. You know, if you were the best, you would get in here and wrestle your brother. Yeah. So as a fan, I was like, I want. I, I was firmly confident, at least early on, that Brett was going to win because he was firmly in control. He was going to give his brother the beating he deserved. Obviously, the match had the ebb and flows where it was like you weren't sure with all the false finishes and the you know everything that went into it. Um, but I but I just remember thinking after the match that like we. Not like, all right, we're past Owen now, but like now Brett can be the champion and defend it against everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? He can get this monkey off his back. Yeah. He, Owen got what he deserved. He's, you know, in my opinion, he was, you know, persona non grata. You know, he was, it was out of the equation and now Brett could face the likes of, you know, the Undertaker who was obviously returning or maybe go face Yokozuna or just yeah. you know, the, 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 the lineup of wrestlers they had. It's like Brett could go be the champion now. He didn't have to deal with his his pesky brother, you know, getting in the way of his championship reign because that's you know what I wanted to see was Bret Hart be Bret Hart. So, yeah. Um, to me, it was like a very it was a I don't say it closed the book on things, but it was like, all right, we 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 get to see Bret Hart do what he does best now instead of have to worry about that piece of shit that nugget. Oh. Yeah, I just remember when you know the 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 finish took place and. Um, you know, Owen and Brett were, you know, fighting as they were both trying to climb down the side of the cage and Owen got his leg caught and yeah. hung upside down. And then Brett just dropped and the place, like the, the arena just lit up like they were so happy. Like, the, you know, it was it was that it, it was that high that, that, that they were, you know, experiencing because of the story that was told because that crowd was just I mean, it was Chicago. It was the United Center. It's not the Allstate Arena, but the United Center was a new building at the time. It's where the Bulls and the Blackhawks currently play. Um, and th- those Chicago crowds are pretty red hot. Um, they were for this match for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, forgot to mention Anvil was also at ringside. Um, sitting with the rest of the family. So you yeah. knew that something was going to happen there. I just remember as a kid how worried I was that Davy Boy was going was, was to turn on Brett somehow because they kind of made you feel like Davy Boy... You know, Lawler tried to, like, stick it to Davy Boy, like, you know... What do you feel about Brett? Like, you know, yeah. you know, you beat him two years ago. You went to war with him. You know, Waller was kind of trying to stir the pot a little bit in that pre-match interview I love with that. them. That was, I mean, looking back on it, amazing. And I, but I remember, like, that was like, you know, the family arguing at the dinner table. Yeah. You know, kind of like just the way they kind of all went back and forth. Yep. And, you know, everyone was kind of, you know, had their own 
certain emotions about it, their brother or their brother-in-law, you know, whoever getting yeah. in the ring with, you know, this whole thing and, you know, Helen being just sick over it and, you know, Stu, they're going to settle this and, yeah, the anvil, arms crossed, kind of just Sitting like... in the back, yeah. You know, yeah, like, everyone's just kind of like, he's been, he's like the black sheep yeah. kind of there. It's funny now watching it because it's like, but to me, it's like, like, what the hell are you, like, if I was one of those brothers, I would have knocked him out. Like, yeah. you know, kind of like, what the hell are you doing here? I loved how, like, when Vince was going down the line of, like, all the people, is like, why don't we talk to the, oh, oh, wait just a minute. Yeah. Like, you didn't fucking see him the yeah, whole yeah. time he was sitting there. It's yeah. not like he's, you know, not recognizable, right. for Christ's sake. very recognizable. You know what I mean? That, like, with, that, with, yeah. <laughs> with the goatee yeah, and everything. Big like, guy. Come on, like, I thought it was interesting that, like, um, looking back on it now, that, like, you know, Owen's wife and his kids were sitting with the rest of that family. But they and weren't really kind of pointed out now that you think yeah, about it. Yeah, they weren't pointed out. Like, I would have loved to have, like, gotten, like, a, like, what's your take on it? What yeah. do you think? Why is your husband this way? You live with him. Well, no? I think, I think I in 1994 that would have been a little too forward. Yeah. That would have been something that would have easily been done now. Yeah. But, you know, 1994, like, we're going to humanize Owen. He's got a wife. He's yeah. He's got these adorable little kids. Like that yeah, wouldn't a good have, point. Yeah. That you would have given bad us, guys didn't have girlfriends and yeah, wives or yeah, kids. They were just like, bad. Yeah, people. yeah they're they bad people. Yeah. yeah. So you didn't. You know. You Maybe didn't, they had bad girlfriends, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they didn't you know, have I mean, children. Yeah, in the world of wrestling, like you know, the minimal amount of women would be you know the Miss Elizabeths of the world, where yeah. you saw the Macho Man barking at her and telling yep. her what to do. That's what a bad guy had for a girlfriend. Yeah, or a sensational Sherry. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it just it probably wouldn't have been. But yeah. It, I do remember looking back at years later and seeing, like, yeah, they were there, and they weren't really kind of pointed out at all, which yeah. is understandable now, but yeah. And then the finish came, and like you said, you know, the place exploded, Anvil jumps in, and then the whole family gets involved, and then Davy Boy tries getting involved, and the build-up with Davy trying, you know, unsuccessfully to get into the cage until finally, like, it's almost like, like, he, like, Became Superman, like went from Clark Kent to Superman, jumped out of the phone booth, ripped off his fucking vest, and then climbed and just went crazy. And then they all finally got in the ring. Um, I just remember, you know, you thought, you know, you just, you know, told us that you thought Brett was going to move past that. I looked at that feud ending at, I looked at that feud after that cage match, like, all right, well, now Brett's got some backup. Like, it may not be over with Owen and Anvil, but now Brett can trust Davey Boy. Yeah. And I was looking forward to those matches. And they did up, they did they end up having a couple matches. I think they did a couple on um, on Raw or even on Action Zone. Yeah. Um, but, like, they weren't really... Um, I remember as a kid, they weren't really, like, highlighted too much like on TV. Right, um, right. I remember as a kid thinking like, well, Survivor Series, like Brett and Davey are going to have a tag team, so maybe Owen and Anvil are going to have a team and they'll do like a Survivor Series um, elimination match. But they didn't. Um, instead, Brett defended the title against Bob Backlund, which I thought as a kid was rather strange because Bob Backlund like had no personality for me. I was not into him. And they kind of adopted this like crazy character, which made you in some ways care about him a little bit but the big the the big moment from this was when was Owen's performance when now let's set the scene here Brett defending the title against Owen survivor series for the championship it's a submission match Owen is in Backlund's corner and Davy Boy is in Brett's corner and the only way 
for the match to end is you either submit or your corner man throws in the towel for you. So Brett and Backlund, you know, are doing their thing, and Owen um, is kind of, you know, poking the bear at Davy Boy throughout the course of the evening. He circles around the ring, and then Davy somehow trips into the steps, and he's knocked out, and Owen feels bad about it. And Brett's parents, who are sitting at ringside, are now witnessing their son, Brett, locked in the crossface chicken wing by Bob Backlund. And Owen is putting on this Academy Award winning performance, um, you know, crying and begging and pleading with them. You know, just throw in the towel. You know, I don't want, you know, I, he's my brother. I can't see him go through this. This is terrible. I am so sorry for all the terrible things I've said and done to this family and to Brett. Please just, you know, you know, throw in the towel for him. You know, it, he'll live to fight another day. And um, Helen ends up throwing in the towel. Stu didn't really want to, really want to help her to throw in the towel. And once the towel was thrown in the ring and the bell rang then it was you know we saw Owen Hart's true colors and it was all a ruse just so that Brett could lose the championship um, if you were mad that Brett was attacked by his brother at the Royal Rumble and if you were mad that Brett lost to Owen at Wrestlemania what were you feeling when you found out that Owen Tricked his parents it into was, costing Brett the title at Survivor Series. It was like, to me, it, I would I felt like arguing the point that like only Davy Boy Smith could throw in the towel. Like, who is Brett's mom to throw in the towel? Like, that shouldn't even like they should strip that from the record. Like, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't count. You know, that's not fair. You know, Davy Boy Smith is the one who's supposed to throw in the towel, and he would never do that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, but I remember as a kid being, again, they gave me a very good education of who Bob Backlund was in a very short amount of time. And, you know, they added that maniac layer. And I was I was legit afraid of Bob Backlund, that, that like, nut job. You know, he was putting the chicken wing on, like, non-wrestlers, you know, like, camera people yeah. and, like, announcers and stuff like that. And it I was, think he even got Arnold Skolin, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it really, like, they really put that move over. So, yeah, it was like, oh, my God, like, don't give up, Brett. Don't give up. Because you, you really thought he could because, you know, as awesome as he was, that move has taken everybody out. Yeah. You know what I mean? They made it they made it seem like, you know, you're out to pasture when yep. that move was put on you. So it was like, if you know, you, you were just hanging on, hoping that, you know, in, uh, during that entire own heart exchange that don't give up, Brett. Don't give up. Like, Davey, wake up. Like, you know, all those emotions are going through. And then, yeah, like I said, he, uh, I didn't... I didn't believe him. Like, I wasn't, like, buying into his performance, you know, as a Bret Hart fan. Like, no, he just wants Bret to lose the title. You know, he doesn't He doesn't really he care. care. Yeah. Like, you should know this, oh, Helen, you know. Yeah. Like, you should, you know, come on. Like, this isn't, this isn't real. Like, they hate each other. And, you know, yeah, to me, I was just so, like, that just doesn't count. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it just kind of, there was no follow-up after that. This was probably a little bit of a dip for Bret's you know, momentum in his career, but I was just like, that's just wrong. It was another injustice as far as I was concerned, and it was at the hands of Owen, who, are, in my opinion, like, we already beat you, dude. You're yeah. out of this. You know what I mean? Stay out of this. I, I would say it was also a dip in Owen's momentum, too, because 
when that happened, you know, we didn't watch the pay-per-view live. We, you know, we would catch the results on like the weekend shows. And when that happened, I thought in my head, well, you know, it's going to happen again. Brett and Owen at WrestleMania in the rematch, the rubber match between these two. You know, Owen got the first one. Brett got the cage match. Now they're going to have the rubber match at WrestleMania. And we knew it was going to be in Hartford, you know, our hometown. And so I thought as a kid, like, well, Brett's going to have to get his revenge on Owen. Especially after the fact that, like, Bob Backlund lost the belt to Diesel three or four nights later at Madison Square Garden. And so that we, we, we get to Royal Rumble. Brett's going to wrestle Diesel. Um, Owen and Owen's kind of, you know, off in the off in the distance, you know, not too far, but, you know, um, not really doing a whole lot because Brett was kind of focused on Diesel. It's almost like during that time period that Owen was, they didn't know what to do with Owen because he wasn't working with Brett. So there really wasn't a whole lot going on with him um, at that time. He ended up getting involved in Brett's match. There was a mul- there was a multiple uh, amounts of run-ins between him and Shawn Michaels and Jeff Jarrett. I don't know what the fuck Jeff Jarrett was doing in there. And Bob Backlund, you know, all those guys. Brett would end up having a little bit of interaction with Owen. He actually eliminated him from the Royal Rumble match that year, um, costing him his opportunity at WrestleMania. And then they decided... Brett's going to wrestle Bob Backlund at WrestleMania in an I Quit match. And I just remember being very disappointed because as a kid, I was 12 years old, but as a kid, my logic was starting to come into play. And I was like, why the heck is Brett not trying to get revenge on Owen? Right. Okay, Bob Backlund beat him for the title. But... It was Owen that really was the reason why you lost the title in the first place. So why isn't Brett wrestling Owen? And then just like out of nowhere, it was like they didn't have anything to do with him. And they didn't have anything for him to do at WrestleMania. So they put him in this role of the mystery partner mm. against the smoking guns. I remember and this there wasn't, very vividly. There was not a whole lot of hype going into that WrestleMania with Owen and the smoking guns. It was one of those situations where it was like, and I don't remember it you know, word for word, but it was one of those situations where it was like, Owen didn't have anything going on for WrestleMania and he kind of let it be known. And then they kind of inserted the smoking guns into that. And then that's when Owen was like, well, I'll find a partner. Mm. We're going to beat you for the titles kind of thing. Um, It really wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of buildup towards it. It was just very like, all right. They need opponents. He's got nothing to do. Yeah, let's kind of put the two together. Which yeah, (laughs) it does. It does happen quite often Um, at WrestleMania. I remember because this, I think, was probably the first. Was it the first WrestleMania we saw live, like in our house? Um, yeah. Because I think every other WrestleMania that we had seen was maybe on a tape or very shortly after. we saw it. Um, so this is, and again, I remember like we, we, we kind of like set up the TV room there at the old house at Ardmore Road with like all of our wrestling buddies and our toys. Yep. Like, you know, we even draped t-shirts over the couch. Yep. Like, you know, LT was there. Big deal, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. And you know, Brett and his match with Bob Backlund, but I've stunk the joint up. I very much remember sitting there and watching them introduce Owen's partner or Owen introduced his, his mystery partner, Yokozuna. 
Yes. Yoko's, you know, was kind of off the radar for a while at that point. To a fan myself, I you know, he lost the casket match to Undertaker, right, 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 right. Series like, in November, but yeah. as far as like he was gone, you know what yep. I mean. So it was it was someone out of left field in a lot of respects. But yeah. to me, this was probably to me the most credible threat to Bret Hart, you know, with yep. all their history, back to back WrestleMania main events, um, and to me, this was kind of like, oh my god, like the two. Biggest threats to Bret Hart's are existence a unit. are a unit. Yeah. And it's like they, they can trade trade secrets. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, to me, I was like, this is the, like, who, how is Bret going to stop both of these guys? Yeah. And again, they weren't even, like, they weren't even, this, like you said, they, Bret was a backward, but to me, it was like, it was always there. Yep. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like I said, they no never matter, went away. They were always rivals. You know, to me, this Bret Owen was probably the, one of the greatest rivalries in WWF history because it was, while they weren't always wrestling each other, it was always, it's always there. Yeah, yeah. So, the fact that he recruited Yokozuna, if you will, um, was like, oh my god, like, what, this is, the prospects of how that looked for Bret, even though they weren't linked, weighed on me heavy as a fan, as, you know six years old at this point like mm-hmm. oh my god and that, that and then they won the belts and i was like who is gonna stop this team who is gonna stop this this these this access of evil almost no yeah. pun intended like this is just like brett's gotta go get diesel call diesel up you know what I mean? yeah you know good guys are all friends with each other yeah right? exactly yeah. like they respect each other, bulldog yeah. like yeah he's got to get the troops because yeah this is <laughs> right this is this is like the mega powers to me but like the bad guy version they were the, the mega, mega box but yeah yeah, without, yeah exactly without was, the box, oh, yeah. like i remember even thinking like oh my god yeah like yo and he was bigger yeah. he had a beard so he yep. was more sinister yep. you know, not that i was in so, oh my God, yeah. I, I, it brings me back just talking about that. Do you like, want to know crap. who I thought was going to be the partner? Yeah, of course. This is fucking so stupid. I don't know why I thought this as a kid. But I thought that Owen was going to team with Mantar. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't... Uh, part of me wants to say that like they might have teased it in the magazine. that like Or teased it on TV. That, like, he was going to be the part. I think he was debuting. And they said, coming soon. And I figured coming soon meant WrestleMania. I could be wrong. But it's a combination of, like, I think I saw it in the magazine that they kind of teased it. But it was something on TV. Yeah. But, yeah, that's what I thought. But then when I was like, Yoko soon, I was like, damn. I forgot he was a real. Yeah. Like, it was one of those, like, holy cow. Like, you know, the, the, the shock of it all. Like. Yeah. And even when, and it didn't register to me when we were watching it, but even when Owen said, I found a partner that went out and beat my brother Brett for the WWF title at WrestleMania. And I was like, who's he talking about? And then like, and once he said Yokozuna, I was like, oh my God. Like, and then you knew, you knew they were winning the tag team titles. Right then and I, there. For probably that very few minutes that match took place, I mean, I probably was the biggest fan of the Smoking Guns that I think anybody ever was yeah. at that point because that's how much I just didn't want to see that alliance establish their power. Yeah. So, uh, great job, Smoking Guns, for you know, not, <laughs> not, uh, not beating that, that tag team there. But they actually ended up being a very good tag team. I like their alliance. I like that um, it, it actually made... They made, they did so much for each other, just being associated with each yep. other. Because the 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 aftermath of both of them working with Brett, 
Yokozuna was a former WWF champion, and back in 1995, that meant that still means yeah. There's credibility to it. It's like you're still you're you're you're, it's like when you won the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, go back to whoever won it in 1980, whatever. You're remembered forever. Yeah. So Yokozuna was a former WWF champion, and it was like it made Owen more legit, but at the same time, it was like. Because Yoko in the language barrier and, you know, Jim Cornette was with them. They like they had this little family, this unit. And it was Mr. like... Mr. Fuji was still a part of it. It was almost too, like yeah. Owen joined a new family. Yeah. In a lot of respects. Yeah, yeah that's you know, a good way to put it. You know, he'd been that. kicked out of the Hart family, sort of. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was like, shit. Yeah. Like, you know, he's not going away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they would go through a series of matches with, like, the smoking guns on pay-per-view. I think they had, like, at the next in your house, they wrestled the guns again. Um, Razor Ramon, the one, two, three kid, were a team that kind of went up against them. That mm-hmm. was a pretty interesting uh, um, uh, matchup at, a, at, a, at an in-your-house. But um, probably the most interesting match on pay-per-view that they had um, as tag team champions was when they wrestled Sean and Diesel yes. at the In Your House September 1995. What did from they call East, that? The triple match. header or something like that. No, no, the match. It was like not winner take all, but it was like it had a it had. It like was a like a champion game. versus champion kind of vibe. Like winner, t- I think it was called triple header. It was and it was all the champions wrestling, and they announced the main event of that pay per view. After SummerSlam 1995, it was on the SummerSlam post show um, that Todd Pettengill had interviewed Owen and Yoko, who were not on that card on that year's SummerSlam, that they announced that they would be facing Sean and Diesel and all the belts were going to be on the line, um, which I thought was like a big deal. I was like, wow, like all the champions are going to meet each other like this is so cool. But wasn't it like a winner take all stipulation? It was. Too? Yeah, it was. But the way that they worded it, they called it like in your house, triple header. But I forget the name of the stip. The, the, they basically the rules were like if Diesel and Sean pinned Owen or Yoko, Diesel and Sean would be the WWF tag team champions. But it was only one fall decided. So Diesel or Sean would only be in jeopardy of losing their titles if had they got pinned. If they got pinned. And I remember that. So it wasn't was like, like if Sean got pinned and Diesel didn't get pinned, he was losing the title. Diesel was still gonna keep his belt. Sean yeah, was gonna yeah. be the only one to lose and his I, title. And I remember thinking two thoughts in that was my God, this is the way Owen's going to win the championship. Yeah. Having not had to go through Brett to get it. Because to me, that was always like the clearinghouse. You know, like I said, he just wasn't Bret Hart. So it was like, given everything that had transpired before, it was like, oh my God, like he better not win the title. Yeah. The second thought that I had, and I think a lot of fans have this when they like think of like who could win a match or whatever. The other one I had was, Man, that Intercontinental title looked really small on Yokozuna. <laughs> like, if, what if he won that? You know what I mean? Because, like, Shawn Michaels is the Intercontinental champion, yeah. who's about a quarter the size of the guy. Yeah. So it was almost like, man, like, are they going to, how would he be able to, like, put it around his waist? Or what are they going to do if he's the Intercontinental champion? Because I'd rather see that than Owen Hart be the champion. So yeah. those were, like, the two prevailing thoughts that I had because it was such a very, like, high stakes match. And it's, realistically, I wasn't sitting there thinking, oh, well, Shawn and Diesel are going win and that's no problem i was thinking like what could happen you know that's I mean? that's where i was kind of like too like because it was all champions against each other and it was something that wasn't really ever done before at that time in the wwf um having all the champions you know face each other in one big match you know right and even as a kid like when you when you go and 
you're trying to formulate what you're going to watch on the card, it's like, well, you know there's three championships. You know there's the WWF title, the Intercontinental title, the tag team titles. And then you could, those are your three automatics right, right there. Right, then right. you fill out the rest of the card. All of those titles were in one match. Yeah. So that was cool. And that it, was. It, it had this, like, this very... Um, it was it, this important feel to it, even mm-hmm. though it was like at like a smaller, like in your house type event. Um, you know, it would turn out that going into that match, um, they they switched things up. Owen apparently didn't show up to the building, and um, that's right. And, yeah. and so Gorilla Mons- Gorilla Monsoon had told you know him, you can pick whoever you want. To be your partner, you know, to be Yokozuna's partner, but you need a partner to go into this match, otherwise you forfeit the match. And so throughout the course of the night on the pay-per-view, Cornette was seen propositioning other guys. Davy Boy had a match earlier in the evening. Because Davy Boy, if you mm-hmm. remember, turned on Diesel right before SummerSlam. I think this was the. Um, I think this is one of the pay per views that we watched when it was scrambled on the yep. TV. Yeah, or we listened to. Yeah, we listened. So I think I remember yeah. this one. Yeah, and they propositioned all these different guys. They even speculated, well, is it going to be Davy Boy? But Davy Boy just had a match, so why you know they i think david boy wrestled bam bam bigelow that night on that mm-hmm. pay-per-view i could i want to say and he was like well you know david boy already had a match and they kind of alluded to it well he's in camp cornet it would make the most sense but then they show cornet with sid which would have been a pretty awesome visual to see sid and yokozuna as a tag team yeah. and monsoon even said it too as the president of the wwf he had said you know the decisions stand you know, in terms, so whoever substitutes for you is recognized as the champion, and those decisions stand if that person were to get a deciding pinfall and become a champion. Yep. And so you go, they go through the Rolodex, all these different guys that they're thinking about, and then it turns out it's Davy Boy. And it was a pretty yeah, solid. Yeah, about nothing. <laughs> yeah. And it was a pretty solid match. Um, but then the finish got a little chaotic, and that's when Owen Hart showed up. And Owen Hart came in, and what they like to say in the business, you know, they gave us a dusty finish. Owen ate the pinfall after a jackknife from Diesel, and Diesel and Sean were recognized as the tag team champions. Following night, they had to reverse that. Because he wasn't in the match. Because he wasn't legally in the match. Even though Monsoon said that all decisions stand with the guys in the match, and then it's not like, it's not like you know, Owen wasn't the champion still anymore. Yeah, he still was. Even though yeah. again, well, despite all that, you know what I mean. You would think that again, all decisions stand that Owen would have. All right, Davy Davy Boy was in the yeah. match. He didn't lose. He's now the tag team champion. Yeah, you know what I mean. With with Yoko's, you know, Owen, you're not the champion anymore. You for doing what you did and yeah. you know, not being in the match. So it was it, I, that I do remember, kind of ha- as it happened. Like, wait, Owen's not in this. Yeah, and then yeah, now it, it's starting to come back, like Bulldog and everything like that. But yeah, I just yeah, Dusty finish for sure because it, it explains why they didn't want the titles on on Sean and and, and Diesel. But it was just they booked themselves. In they the had corner. to give themselves. They had to give. They had to deliver a finish that was satisfying. And something that they can get themselves out of yeah, after yeah. the pay per view, because they didn't want people, you know, they didn't want people buying the pay per view and then they give you a, a you know, a, a fucked up finish, 
or a finish that's, you know, doesn't really give you a clear-cut winner in the story, and then people are like, damn, I paid twenty nine ninety five for the main event to have this, you know yeah. what I mean? So, like, you, they, I, I get why they did it. Um, the next night on Raw, Owen and Yoko would defend the titles against the Smoking Guns, and we would see the Smoking Guns end up winning back the WWF Tag Team Championships. Um from Owen and Yoko that night, which was a which was a pretty big deal at that time. Um, let's talk a little bit about. Um, oh, I'm trying to see what I got here for my notes. Um, Camp Cornette and the dynamic around that group at that time. You had Owen, Yoko, Davey with Jim Cornette and Mr. Fuji. What did you think of them as a, as, a, as a trio, as a unit on WWF TV at that time in the fall of 95? I thought they were the, the, the lead bad guys. That was like, you know, what probably to you was the Heenan family. Yep. You know, that was... You know, they they were going to put their hands all over whatever they wanted to until the likes of a Bret Hart a Diesel, a Shawn Michaels, Lex Luger, etc., mm-hmm. had anything to do about it. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so to me, it was the collection. It was the all-star team of all the bad guys. Yeah, and that that uh, that you know that 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 Camp Cornet dynamic um, was a focal part of what I would like to consider um, a very innovative concept for Survivor Series that year in 1995. The wild, the, card. The wild card match. Yeah, I, I like that. I guess Bill Watts was the one that came up with that idea, and they it's not regarded as one of the more popular um, creative ideas that you know uh, not only he came up with, but that they executed or followed through on. But um, on one side, you had Shawn Michaels, Psycho Sid, the British Bulldog, and the newcomer Ahmed Johnson, and then on the other side you had Razor Ramon, Dean Douglas, mm-hmm. Yokozuna, and Owen Hart. Um, what do you remember about the wild card match and the dynamic of you know with Camp Cornette kind of being on opposite sides and all the different moving parts? Give me give me some of your thoughts on that. My best memories of that were just kind of like great, like we've divide, we've split this group up. Now mm-hmm. they have to face each other. Like, what are they going to do when you get, you know, these guys in the ring against each other? You know what I mean? Just the interesting possibilities of you know one guy getting tagged in and the other guy getting tagged in. Like, they're t- at at my age, like they're going to have to fight each other. Mm-hmm. Like, granted, they could tag out, but yeah, you know, that was kind of like these guys have to fight. Like, I'd love to see these guys fight, and yeah. it, you know it. it crumbles the the foundation of this formidable team you know yep so that's kind of how i thought about it i didn't at no part that i recall giving any mention to the idea of baby faces going at it you know what i mean i don't remember that at least but i just mm-hmm. remember thinking like oh my god like this is this is how you're gonna not you know you're gonna turn them against each other yeah you know just having to see them fight yeah um like i said i i like the concept it kind of you know, people shit all people. I mean, people shit all over a lot of things that WCW did over the years. But you know, I thought they had some pretty innovative stuff, like when they would do the Battle Bowl and they would have like sometimes like the tag team partners face off with each other mm-hmm. randomly, or they have like the two guys that are like mortal enemies be team a team, up, yeah. you know, to like get to the Battle Bowl. Like it kind of had that Battle Bowl kind of vibe to it yeah. for that wild card that I thought like was pretty cool and like added like an unpredictable nature. I, I, for whatever reason, it's regarded as not one of the best ideas, and they've never done it since. But 
it would be kind of cool if like in they dusted it off. They dusted it off a little bit, maybe kind of added their own, you know, modernized it, added their own twist to it. You know, random drawings of guys just getting thrown together as a team, you know, being forced to team with each other. Some might be enemies, you know what I mean? Can you survive together and then like give like give give them an incentive, you know, yeah. if they win something. You know what I mean? Like I, I I think stuff like that could work. There needs to be, you know. I could see that. Yeah, no, I I definitely didn't hate the concept. Like you, yeah. know, I thought it would. It's something that was very. It made made you think a little bit, other than just the normal good guys versus bad guys, which was the entire premise of Survivor Series. But you know, it was just something different. Yeah, a big, big, big moment in Owen's career um, came the next night when he was involved in the infamous um, angle with Shawn Michaels, where Michaels collapsed. After the, uh, the 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 insiguri, um, you know they were the main event of Monday Night Raw, and Michaels had picked up that victory in the Survivor Series match. They were just kind of like you know putting a bow, so to speak, on the issues that Michaels had with those Camp Cornette guys from Survivor Series, and then we see Michaels collapsing in the middle of the ring, and you know. Yeah, all right, so before I kind of give you my thoughts, what was your take on that storyline and how it was executed? Oh, man. That, uh, another, I would say probably another very traumatizing moment for me as a kid because yep. um, it's it's ironic now that I've kind of pieced things together. This was around the time that I remember being smartened up by you about what the wrestling business was and how you know matches are predetermined. And that, as I've said, I think on the air before came after watching Survivor Series 1995 and seeing Bret Hart survive jackknife powerbomb after jackknife powerbomb and remarking that he should be dead. Hmm. And you were like, you know that, like, this is all... They, like, they're not... They don't really hate each other, right? You know, you smartened <laughs> me up. And I kind of... Oh, okay. I, I Surprisingly, just, you know, it wasn't, you know, the, the Santa Claus moment that people have. I was kind of like, cool. All right. So we're probably within that same program watching Monday Night Raw. I watch Shawn Michaels get, you know, you know, stretchered out and just the, the realness of that was believable. Mm-hmm. And I, I forgot that I probably found out no more than an hour ago that everything I had just that everything that I had been born watching wasn't legitimate. So yeah. when Shawn Michaels collapsed, I thought he was dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was on the edge of my seat. Afraid for this guy's well-being. Oh my god! Even I was even over the fact that you know it was Owen Hart who made this happen. Yep. To me, this was like real. This yeah. was like, is he ever going to wrestle again? Yeah. You know, like is this like, oh my god! Like I know everything. I, I know I was just told that this is all a show, but this is real. Yeah. And the way they executed it was so masterful. And, and again, Owen Hart was obviously the, the, the catalyst for all that. But, yeah, uh, it would end up setting a table for Sean's main event run. But it was, uh, that was a big deal. Yeah. That yeah. was a huge deal. I, I, I remember, I don't remember the conversation I had with you regarding, you know, smartening you up to the, to, to the industry itself. But, um I do remember watching it and being like, kind of like you, like, whoa, wait a minute, like that wasn't supposed to happen, 
And, you know, the announcers, don't, the way, like you said, the way it was set up, the announcers don't say a word. Yeah. Vince, Vince drops the headset. He gets in the, the ring. The are, like, yelling at him, They're, like, kind of, like, to wake him up. And he's, yeah. like, not responding. They're or like, like, oh, my God. But here was the one thing that, like, got me. And this was, and, and this was what kind of, like, bothered me about it. Was I questioned whether it was real or not because it was done so well. But at the same time, I was like, Sorry. I was like. Where the fuck is Diesel? That's like his friend. <laughs> Where the hell is he? Why isn't he out here? When all the when all these guys get jumped or whatever, some of these guys come out and they help their friends. Where's Diesel? Is he still sulking about losing the title? Right, earlier? right, right. And I was like kind of disappointed in Diesel because Diesel was one of my guys. I was like, why isn't he out here to check on Sean? Yeah. Like, that's his best friend. They even like did a pre-tape where like before the match, like... Sean and Diesel were kind of talking, and Diesel just kind of wished him good luck or whatever. And then yeah, Sean yeah. went through the curtain, and that was the end of it. It was like, where the hell was Diesel? You can so, argue now that that was probably part of him turning heel, because yeah. that was kind of in the works after. I mean, he did the cut way. that promo at the, later, earlier in that evening, yeah. where he basically just kind of, it was a stupid promo. Basically, it was like, if you got a black glove, I'll high five you, but, you know, I, I, I'm a new man now, you know. I thought that was kind of silly, but. Um, right. You know, and speaking of Diesel, he he played a he played a part in this as well, um, kind of avenging Sean's um, Sean's uh, attack from Owen after Owen had kind of taken credit for ending the career of Shawn Michaels. At that point, that's when I was like, "All right, well, this is fucking le- this is you know a storyline. It's not legit." Right. Um, the next month, Owen at the In Your House uh, Seasons Beatings pay per view. Would um would would take a, a fairly quick beating from Diesel. Um, I just remember as as a kid, I was happy that Diesel was avenging his friend. Like he made up for it. Like he yeah. wasn't there, but he, like he was avenging his friend's loss. Um, looking back in hindsight, do you think they could have stretched that a little longer with Owen and Diesel, or do you think it was a nice little sh- you know stopgap for both parties? Um. Probably that. It was. I mean, I don't. Yeah. Looking back, yeah. I mean, Diesel was still kind of. This is kind. Of, I think Owen was getting lost in the shuffle again. Yeah. You know, and I think Owen was just a good person that had enough heat. Looking back now, to to yeah. really, really put it over the top for the Sean angle, as opposed to like if the British Bulldog did it. You know yeah. what I mean? It just wouldn't have. It just wouldn't have been received as well. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I guess, you know, to me it wasn't, to me it was, I was falling in love with Shawn Michaels at this point too, while being a Bret Hart fan, so like to me it was, every week I was like, what's going on with Shawn Michaels, what's going on with Shawn Michaels, like, you know, and then they're like, oh, he might be back for the Royal Rumble, and then it was like, oh my god, please, that would be great, you know, the Dr. James Andrews is coming out saying like, oh, he's, he's progressing along, I'm not sure if he'll be able to wrestle again, so they really played that angle out very cool with Shawn Michaels. That's what I was concerned about. To me, it was kind of like, because I was, I bought it, yep. you know, hook, line, and sinker. I bought the whole angle. So, um, to me, the Owen stuff didn't matter as much. Yep. You know, yeah, I was, you know, for me, I think from like this. Did you have that, did you have that same feeling when they would eventually have that match at the, at the, uh, in your house, uh, Rage in the Cage the next month um, in the Rumble? Because it, it set. To me, it was like, all right. Sean, you know, I was also smart enough to know that, all right, Sean's, once he won the War Rumble, like, all right, he's probably going to beat Bret Hart for the championship, and mm-hmm. this is going to be the awesome match that I it would end up being. Yep. 
So it was an, to me that was a, a good stopgap. Like, all right, waste this fool and get on to WrestleMania because you know this is the guy that put you out. You can lay him down and you can go get the belt. Not that mm. I wanted Sean to win, but it was just kind of like, all right, let's just get Owen out of the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you kind of you kind of knew where the stage was set between you know him and Brett, um, and Owen was kind of like the you know the. The, the the speed bump along the road, yeah. um, so to speak. Um, you know, throughout the course of '96, following that match with Sean, he really wouldn't do a whole lot. A lot of tagging with Vader and Bulldog. Yep. Um, you know, he had a, a a solid match with Savio Vega at a SummerSlam uh, that year, um, but things didn't really pick up for Owen probably until the fall of '96, which would be at the Mind Games pay per view when him and Davy Boy teamed up as a team. Uh, to defeat the Smoking Guns and become the Tag Team Champions. And what I found interesting about this was not the fact that they were a team, because like it felt like a, this was a situation where in 2019, people would look at those two guys and be like, why are they putting them two singles wrestlers together as a team? You know what I mean? Right. Like how everyone complains about that that yeah, sort yeah. of stuff. In 1996, that wasn't looked at, you know, in a, in that wasn't looked at, you know, negatively. Amongst wrestling fans, Owen and Davey were credible, um, you know, performers and athletes, and you know there was a history, you know, on on screen that they're family, so it made sense that it was it was natural that the two of them would team to, team together. But um, what I found most fascinating about this, and I don't know if you remember this, but um, you know they were still a part of the, you know that camp cornet. And Cornette had Clarence Mason as the lawyer. Mm-hmm. He was like another piece to that whole deal. And I didn't realize this till I, I shouldn't say I didn't realize this. I didn't remember this until, you know, just recently when I was watching some of that stuff. But um, they, Owen and Davey allowed Clarence Mason to sign over their managerial rights um, to him from Jim Cornette. Um, I think I remember that, that. pay per view. Cornette wrestled Jose Lothario, um, who was Shawn Michaels' corner man, and mm-hmm. they had the spot, you know, at the at the end where he kind of did the super sock deal with the, the 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 combination punch, and then Cornette was beat up so bad in the locker room that Clarence Mason tricked him into um, signing over his managerial rights to Davy Boy and Owen, not realizing what he was signing over. And then Davy Boy and Owen win the tag team titles from the Smoking Guns, who were going through their own issues yep. as well. Um, Owen and Davy as a tag team, what did you think of them? And what did you think about Clarence Mason and then the split from Cornette? Um, yeah, I don't remember having an opinion on Clarence Mason either way, other than he was just like this smart alecky, lawyery, you know, type of guy. Um, you know, I didn't think of him, I wasn't like in fearful of him or anything like that. I didn't have any type of opinion like that. Owen and Davey was like, like on another, on a different level, it was kind of the same thing as Yoko and Owen, just Mm -hmm. like these two formidable, you know, supreme guys who, you know, were in many ways kryptonite to Bret Hart. Um, And it was, it was, I don't know. I thought it was more, more Owen speed. The matches are more exciting. Um, there was always to me the hope that the British Bulldog would see the error of his ways and turn a back on Owen. Mm-hmm. You know, like he should never trust Owen. Why would you go team with him? Yeah. 
Um, I always wanted to see those two go wrestle each other. And the fact that they were a team is kind of like, oh, when are they going to wrestle each other? Yep. You know, they're a good team, but I want to see them wrestle each yeah. other. And that's kind of... they. And they did, if I remember correctly, they did seem to sprinkle that in here and there along their journey as a tag team for a long time of just like... And I, and I think knowing now about their chemistry that those two had as individuals and the stories you hear about them from, you know, shoot interviews and whatnot, that... Those two guys were like peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. You know, Owen and Davey. So I think it just that natural chemistry, I think, bled out on camera where it was kind of like they were joking, but they weren't. Or mm-hmm. they really were pissed at each other, but they weren't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was more as a, as a Bret Hart fan or an anti-Owen fan, just looking for Davey Boy to just return to the good side and just, you know, dump Owen. Like, this guy is not good for you. It seemed like their run as champions during that time period in late 96 going into 97 um, they didn't have it. Their their run as champions was more about the friction that the two characters had. They had their hands in a lot of different cookie jars. Owen, you know, Brett had just returned, and Owen was kind of you know back on that you know that 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 issue with Brett. Even though Brett had his stuff with Austin, but then Austin, but then Owen kind of had a little mini alliance, so to speak, or uh, I would say an alliance. I should say. An understanding with Steve Austin because of his yeah. his hatred. They had for this Brett. common bond. This no, common not bonds, not the word. Um, they, yeah, they just had this commonality to each yeah. other. We both hate Brett, so you know if there's ever a time you need me, you know. But Davy Boy, on the other hand, had his issues with Austin. Yeah, and I remember being jazzed up about seeing the two of them go at it because their brawls would just be so very intense and physical. Um. And so Owen and Davey, that would kind of be part of the reason why they were having their issues yeah. with each I, other. I, I know we're doing an Owen Hart tribute show, and, and we're talking a lot about Davey. I think low-key, like, Davey Boy Smith might be one of my favorite wrestlers as I'm, like, coming back to this now. He was just such this, like, beautiful combination of, of athleticism and power and strength. You know, he was a bulldog. Yeah. But at the same time, like, he could do all the Owen Hart stuff. He could do all the Bret Hart stuff. Yeah. But he could do the Hulk Hogan stuff or the Ultimate Warrior stuff. Yeah. So, like, he was, like, I don't want to say if you could build a perfect wrestler. As a kid, I'm like, oh, my God, who could stop the British Bulldog? Yeah. Like, again, another reason why I I never hated the British Bulldog. Mm -hmm. You know, on top of the fact that he was married into the Hart family. But, again, like, what are you doing with Owen Hart, man? (laughs) Yeah. Like, he's just, you know, before the Nugget term came, he's just a fucking Nugget, dude. He's, get out of Dump yeah. this dude. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, the, the, their their friction was very entertaining. Um, I remember you probably remember it too when Owen eliminated Davy Boy from the '97 Rumble, yep. and <laughs> yeah. you know. And the, to me, I thought that was like the that's it. Yeah, we're going there. Same yes. with me. Yeah, and then they kind of just like they still like teased it even more. They had a couple of they had a couple of pay per view matches. One with Furnace and Lafon. Um, at the final four pay-per-view and Furnace and Lafon, um, you know, almost became the champions. Um, Owen and Davey were, they were really like, it was to the point where, and I watched that show recently. Um, actually we did a trading places on final four, which you can find in the archives, um, search for it over at soundcloud.com or over at uh, the Retromania pro wrestling podcast network over at Podbean. But, um, you know, at that point when Owen and Davey were like, going at it that post-match I just remember thinking to myself and I kind of brought it up in the trading places like well the two of them 
Like, that's WrestleMania right there. WrestleMania 13. Because, you know, the they've just been bickering at, with each other for months. It's like, it's got to end at some they were point. Like an old, they were like an old, old married, married couple. couple. Yeah. Like, the way they went yeah. at it. But, I mean, I yeah, I think, and I'm sure you're about to walk into this, you know, probably my favorite moment between them two was the match they had on Raw for the European title. The, the one in Germany for the finals of the European yeah. title? Yep. That yep. was, like... That's definitely top yeah. ten greatest matches in Raw history. Yeah, and like you know, I think I watched it back like when they had like the collection for like the Raw twenty five yep. last year, and I just remember too and how cool it was to watch a that like really lively crowd, and I think that was one of the that might have been one of the very first times they did a Raw in Europe. It was like in Germany they did or, like yeah, yeah, they exactly. did like they they simulcast it they they showed some matches from like overseas but then they also had some matches domestically here yeah. in the states and, like, like it was like a smoke filled arena yeah and just like. The way they hit the mat sounded different. Yeah. And just like, I was like, this is so cool. And then those guys tore it up. Like I said, that's top 10. Go stop this podcast. Go watch that match. <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh, great Pause match. this podcast and go watch that match because that, um, that was awesome. And that was like, that was kind of what I think what a WrestleMania match could have been between the two of them. And to see the Bulldog win the title was like. See, I thought that Bulldog, that was like his crowning moment. Yeah, I more thought, so than the Intercontinental title. Yeah, you can make a case. Yeah, you make a case for that. Um, I thought that at that time, when Bulldog got the victory over Owen, that it was going to lead to the rematch for the European title at WrestleMania. Yeah, they that's can, yeah. And then they went back to them being a team, yes. and they wrestled Vader and Mankind, which I thought was fucking silly. And I kind of brought this up like uh, another. A couple of different scenarios, um, you know, for that that uh, trading places. Um, you know, what if Owen and Davey wrestled for the European title at you know Mania, and they stuck the four way to determine the vacant tag champs, and then you had you revisit Mankind Invader from their WCW mm, days, yeah. you know, and you had like a solid undercard to that WrestleMania. to that WrestleMania, which yeah. was very. Top you know, heavy. Yeah, it was top heavy with Brett Owen or Brett Austin and uh Sid and Taker. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I, I do I do remember coming out of that inaugural title match thinking like, great, we're gonna get, you know, this awesome collection of matches. The British Bulldog is the European champion. He's from Europe, you know what I mean? Like that also like as a fan was like, of course he's the champion of Europe. He's from England. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like but yeah, they went nowhere with that. I didn't yeah. You know, obviously they made up for it. Yeah, they made the road, up for but... it. Not well, not too long after WrestleMania was when they 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 did the uh, the formation of the Hart Foundation stable when Brett and Owen were kind of at you know they finally reached their wits end. Or I'm sorry, but Davy Boy and Owen, Bulldog and Owen, and and Brett was the one to kind of put the family back together to not only you know reconcile their differences as a family, but also to fight the cause that Brett yeah. was kind of you know leading the charge for. Um, against, you know, American wrestling fans. Um, all right. Now, everything that we've talked about regarding, you know, the, your your disdain for the Owen Hart character and all of that leading up to this moment, Brett basically being the, the, the voice of reason between Owen and Davey and finally, you know, getting them to... to to, to put their differences aside and reunite the family, what was your what was your 
go back and go back Ooh. and tell me. You know, this what, was what? like a super team coming together. Yeah. This was like LeBron James doing the Heat. So Owen was forgiven for oh, everything easily. at that point. Hypocritically and easily. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Bret Hart. I was a Bret Hart loyalist. You know, I didn't understand why the fans were booing Bret Hart. He was the good guy. And Steve Austin was the one that was, you know, jumping him from behind and, and, and injuring his knee and all that other stuff. To me, I was, I was Team Canada all the way before it became Canada at that point. You know, to, you know my entire existence... My entire consciousness as a wrestling fan, the Hart family was always in this state of turmoil. You know, there was never this united group. And you knew the history of all these wrestlers in this family, even the ones that weren't even in WWF, you know, and the ones that came before and all this other stuff. And you were, But they were never, they were never like glued together. They were never, it was like a puzzle that was just not put all together. And this was the, this was the Hart Foundation coming together. They're all on the same page. They're all on the united front. They've all got the same goals, and that's like I said. This was like this was like LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh like coming together. Yep. You know, these were the top guys. You know, yeah. all three man power trip, and then of course they added Anvil and Pillman, which made it even better. But like, you know, now Brett doesn't have. You know, Brett to me was still the top guy. So you know, this you know he he enlisted in someone who knew him better than anybody. His two brothers, or you know, brother in law and brother, yeah. they both beat him. Who's going to beat Bret Hart now? Who's going to stop this family in this front now? Steve Austin's not going to do it. You know, that's, yeah. what I, that's how I looked at it. Like, oh, I was like, here we go. Yeah. Like, to me, this is this is the beginning of what, in my, and for me, is my favorite faction ever. Yeah, it's hard not to argue. You know, I, mean, I, 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 lo- I love this version of the Hart Foundation. I'd put them in there in, like, my top five of favorite yeah, factions. I, I like or, DX. I like the NWO. They all have their, but to me, the Hart Foundation for, for its, for its uh, relatability they're a family. They're, you know, I like the, the, the matching jackets they all got. Oh, which yeah, you can buy that. now. They sell those now. Um, the leather? No, the... The, 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 the like, the, the team jackets. I yeah, talking about. They, they sell those now. Chalkline does Chalkline, those, yeah. yes. Um, I, would, I would love to get my hands on one of those. Those are... Yeah, those are, yeah, those are about those 100, are badass. 40, 150 bucks um, a pop You know, they right were there. a team. They were a family. Yeah. Um, Oh my god, love that, love that faction for sure. I'm gonna have to binge some Heart Foundation when I get home. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah, that was that was some really good stuff during that run. Um, Owen's probably biggest accomplishment um, during that run was defeating The Rock, or before he was The Rock, Rocky Maivia to become the, the Blue Inter- Chipper, the Rookie the, Sensation, the Rookie Sensation, Rocky Maivia for the Intercontinental Title. Um, I remember watching that match and. Um, the fans, even though Owen was the clear-cut bad guy, the people didn't want to see Rocky as the champion, and he would end up, uh, you know, dethroning him. And the people were thrilled. Yes, that Owen was. became the Intercontinental Champion. I wasn't old enough to kind of be on that bandwagon of like edginess yet. Yeah, same here. I wasn't there yet. I wasn't like, oh, well, I, I should say I, I was a little more sophisticated about it, but I was trying to find my way. But still. I liked I liked Rocky Maivia, you know. Um but to me this was like now the title's on a real champion. Yeah. It was almost like they put the belt on Rocky Maivia because he was new and fresh and exciting, right? Yeah. And it wasn't working out and they were just trying to make it work with him as champion. Mm-hmm. But when Owen won it, it was like, that's a champion who should be the, the Intercontinental Champion. And he had, you know, and that was kind of like, you slowly knew, like, all right, this is like going to start the collection of 
man, Owens is going to be the inter. He's the Intercontinental Champion. Davey's got the European Davey, belt. Yeah, like Pillman and like Anvil. Then they got to get the tag, tag belt. And then of course Brett's going to be the champion. Yeah. You know? Like that's just how you build it. This collection, this conglomerate of gold. Uh, that I was just like, you know, already booking in my head as a, even as a eight year old, like this is, yes, yes. The, the Hart Foundation is going to rule wrestling once again, because yeah. they were the, they were the Kennedys of pro wrestling. They were the crown jewel of, of wrestling families and they were all going to, you know, again, who's stopping this? Who's stopping that? Yeah. It was also during this time period too, um, a match that you, I'm sure you, you would agree, um, very underrated, doesn't get talked about enough, um. Owen and Davey Boy against Sean and Austin. King of the Ring? No, the tag match on Raw when Sean right, and Austin right, won right, the right. titles. Yeah, because Austin fought Sean. Did Austin fight Sean at King of the Ring? Or did they they fought Sean at King of the Ring. So they were champions first, and then they fought each other at King of the yes. Ring after. As the champions. As the champions. Yes. They had already beaten Owen yeah, and Davey. That's what it was. You go back, yep. That's a match you need to go back and watch. Is Sean and, and Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Davey Boy and Owen for the tag team titles. And... Throughout the the, the buildup of you know the formation of the Hart Foundation, um, obviously Austin had his issues with them, but then Michaels had come back, and you could start to see like the real personal rivalry come into play with Brett and all the the, the elements with Pillman and and different guys. The cold day in hell with Austin and Taker, but the Hart yep. Foundation were at ringside yep. for that, which was a pretty cool spot there. And I like that too because it was kind of like they were such a dominant fixture of the program at the time that like. You never knew when they were going to show up. Yeah, you know they were kind of NWO esque at the time. Yeah, they were buying the tickets the and be in the front row, yep. or they would, you know, they would just be walking the halls, and it's like, well, what are you guys doing here? As yeah. if they weren't going to be there, right? But like, what are you guys doing here? Like, oh, we're going to do whatever we want. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, it definitely made the action outside the ring matter more. Mm-hmm. Like that was kind. Of, I think that this was the beginning of like them kind of taking pages out of Nitro. Yeah. With kind of like, all right, the ring action matters, but like what's going on out there? Yep. You know what I mean? In, yeah. the, in the in the parking lot or and yeah. like that that um you know those just those those badasses that they were and I don't mean that like in a good way. I liked it, but I know they were I know they were bad guys, but like it was kind of like at any moment you knew that something could happen because the Heart Foundation was walking the halls. Yeah, and when you, when you you know, like you said, you knew when they were bad guys, but in this instance, um, you know, the Canadian Stampede, you know, mm. they were anything but bad guys um, on, on you know, uh, you know, Canadian soil in Calgary. Probably the match that people most associate with this group, this version of the Heart Foundation, because they were all together, and just because of the the level of intensity that the match had, Going into it, being in the being in the Hearts hometown in Calgary, we ordered this pay per view, um, and going into it, it was like, oh, it's just an in your house. There's like three, four matches, like, but you know, everyone knew like the heart match was obviously the big one, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't realize how important it was until like the the entrances for the Hart Foundation yeah. they individually like a brought, roll call of yeah sorts. and they individually brought them all out and then when you know Brett came out and they all walked down together and the camera was sh- the hard camera was shaking mm-hmm. and I was like holy shit this is a big deal and yeah. it was like and in your house and I it was, was like, like it was like it was like an expect that, like a, team yeah because yeah, like I like we had said like look at this the Hart Foundation was just stacked right yeah. and again for everything we've mentioned throughout this whole episode but like 
they were going against, you know, Team America, or, you know, of, you know, Steve Austin, the Road Warriors, Ken Shamrock, Goldust, yeah. and, like, those were all, in many ways, big-time dudes. Yeah, so at that like, time, yeah. this is the best the WWF had to offer. Yeah. To face the Heart Foundation, and and yeah, as a fan, I just remember like there ain't no way they're beating the Heart Foundation. Just not for any smart reasons, but it's just like it's their hometown. Like, how are you gonna stop these guys? Yeah, how you gonna Do you know who you're going against? Yeah. And and each crowd reaction, each person affirmed that. Um, I was so excited about that pay per view, and I don't know if you remember this. They kicked off the show. With the singing of the Canadian National Anthem. No, they kicked off... They did the Canadian National Anthem before the tag match. That's what it was. You're right. They okay. did it before the tag and match. And if you remember correctly, I was the only one in the room at the house standing for the Canadian National Anthem. I do remember like, that. This yeah. old heat seeker. Because yeah. I was that much of a heart loyalist. Yeah. They, you know, everyone's remember. like, sit down, sit down. You're like, not... Sit down. You're not, a, you're not Canadian. You're American. What are you doing? And, sit down. And like, that was, to me, just like... That was, that was awesome. That was, you know, as far as tag team and team warfare that's probably up there as far as one of my favorite multi-man tag oh yeah absolutely of all time not for any type of you know wrist lock or you know high spot it was just you know everything you said the intensity yeah. of the, the crowd the heart family at ringside the brothers getting involved you know everything and then of course the, them winning and i i loved even then as a fan the touch of owen getting the winning fall yeah well, that was... to me was his crowning moment yeah. as a professional yeah, because everyone loved Brett, and like everyone, you know, everyone knew Brett was, you know, the top of the ch- the food chain in that family and in that that faction. But, um, you know, like that's a good point. You know, oh, that was kind of Owen's crown crowning moment in his hometown um, of Calgary, which you know I was just gonna bring up. You know, the that led to um, his rivalry with Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Steve Austin was starting to really gain some momentum as a good guy. Um, you know, you were a heart loyalist, and Owen was, you know, one of your guys on top of, you know, the rest of the the, the Heart Foundation faction. Um, SummerSlam, nineteen ninety seven, going into it because of the stipulation being like a kiss my ass kind of stipulation. Um, I was very intrigued um, to see how it was going to play out because I was starting to become a big Austin guy at that time. Actually, I shouldn't say I was. I think after the Brian Pillman gun angle is when Ooh. I became a huge yeah, Austin yeah. guy. I liked him and always enjoyed watching him when he was in WCW, but I really, really, really got into him when he did the Brian Pillman thing. But 90, let's fast forward a little bit. August of 97, he has the match with Owen. Um, I just remember being really intrigued with how it was going to play out because of the kiss my ass stipulation. And I felt like with a little weasel like Owen, something like that works. You know what I mean? Like it would work that he would lose and have to kiss, or, you know, or no, I'm sorry. He, if he won, if Austin lost, he would have to kiss Owen's ass. Yeah. That was the stipulation. But I remember as a kid thinking to myself, well, he's a little weasel. Austin will probably make him kiss his ass. He'll probably pull down his trunks and kind of, you know, bury his face in there. Um, we didn't get the match that we all anticipated because of what took place with the injury, with the, the tombstone, when Owen delivered the tombstone to, uh, to, to, to Steve Austin. Um, and uh, Austin was, uh, you know, partially paralyzed for a few moments. With that suffering, that stinger in his neck, um, we as another one we ordered, watched mm-hmm. together as kids. 
uh, go back uh, to that to that event and that match. Um, I didn't think Austin was going to win the title. I thought he was a little bit above the Intercontinental title, obviously, because, you know, in many ways, I think Brett brought him up to the main event with their work. Um, so I thought this was just a match that was going to just be two, because two dudes that hated each other, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, with everything that had transpired over the summer between Austin and the Hearts. Um I also knew that Brett was going to likely win the championship that night. So for me, this was like kind of just an appetizer. Like, all right, Owen's going to win this. And then the, the the transformation, if you will, the the the, the putting the piecing of the puzzle will be complete. Brett will rightfully have what's his. The Hart Foundation will be complete. You know, um, so there was a little, it was a little bittersweet at the end of the night um, when Brett was the champion, as awesome as that was, and he was five-time champion, too. And I know we're not talking about Owen right now, but I remember at the same time, like, wow, Bret Hart's a five-time champion, but Owen's not the champion. So it's like they lo- they lost something but gained something at the same time. But anyways, I just remember that match going on, and, you know, that was like, oh, he's when he hit that tombstone, and, you know, I think they'd even said that something had happened. You know, they had made, remar- you know, remarks about Austin appears to be injured, and... I was real. I wasn't like frightened at all, but I was like, damn, wow. Like he was moving around so great and this match was, you know, what it was. And then boom, it wasn't a match anymore at that point. Mm -hmm. Even as a fan, the way he rolled up all in at the end, it was like, as an eight year old, I'm like, all right, they had to get out of it at some point. Like Mm -hmm. you knew Owen was going to lose at that point. So I was like, "Ah." it was a little, the, the match gets soured on because of the injury and it's unfortunate and I think um, that just sucks for Owen Hart you know what I mean you know I think people talk about Steve Austin and you know what that injury did to him and how that kind of carried him on through the rest of his life really but like damn like that was like a real moment where it was like damn man that guy he did not mean to he didn't mean to hurt him yeah. you know what I mean you kind of you kind of I that was one of those moments where I was like oh like, I remember not feeling I, I, like anything happened until, like, the way I saw... When they said that, like, you know, Austin might have hurt himself, I didn't think, like, oh, like... I, I just thought, like, they were selling, like, you know, the the, the, the the tombstone. Right. And then when he rolled him up the way yeah. he did, I was like, oh, okay. Like, something really did happen because, yeah. like, that was the worst roll-up Yeah, I just remember ever. feeling bad for Owen because it was like... You knew this was... Yeah. This was a real injury or you at least were led to believe that and it was like given the way the finish ended that kind of solidified the that this was serious yep granted he was walking at that point but it was like fuck like, yeah you know like just a bad day yeah. you know what i mean just that sucks for owen because you know like that's when you're almost thinking like man i hope like I hope I hope they're not pissed at each other and I know there's urban legend about that that Owen didn't really handle that injury well with Austin and they kind of had bad terms that they didn't really settle before Owen, you know, passed away but mm-hmm. yeah, I just remember thinking that like like ah ugh. yeah that sucks. Yeah, rough day at the office, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. like that's damn. Like yeah. we didn't get what we we didn't get what we thought we were going to get like you said and then just like you know, for all the grief you give Owen Hart, like, damn, like, I'm sure that was, he didn't mean to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, you know? yeah. 
Um, they they certainly capitalized on it though with you know what was to follow with the the Owen three sixteen yeah. you know I just broke your neck shirts, um, and this doesn't really get talked about but this Austin's injury because of the tombstone by Owen is the the early stages of his rivalry with Vince. Absolutely. You know, yeah. people don't really people don't really mention that. You know, they 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 kind of fe- they kind of gloss over that and just go to the stunner in the garden. Mhm. You know, and well, it had to get to that point though. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It had to get to that point and Owen was part of that. Yeah. Um with the t-shirt and the I just broke your neck. Um and then they would eventually get to Survivor Series. Um which you know was the match wasn't really anything to write home about, but um, you know Owen would lose and Austin would regain the Intercontinental Championship. But that night, as we all know, in 1997, was most remembered for the the uh, the, the Montreal Screwjob. Um, I, it, this subject's been talked about to death, but I guess we'll kind of talk about it because I think Owen does have some a significant role in you know the the aftermath of it. Um, Brett's gone. He gets screwed. He's going to WCW. What were your thoughts on where Owen would land? What did you think in what was going to happen? In the early goings, and I thought he was gone. I thought he was as good as gone. Same He's here. going to WCW, Same and I here. and that intrigued me, just like it obviously intrigues intrigued me when Brett was going. Yep. You know, as awful as that was. Yeah. Um. And again, I'm sure we'll do an episode on that, uh, which could fill a whole day's worth of you know just on my words alone, but. Um, I, I was very intrigued about, you know, Owen Hart getting in the ring. I, I wanted to see him wrestle Chris Benoit. That was one guy I wanted to see him wrestle because Benoit was kind of like the counterpart to that. Yep. You know, the wrestler's wrestler, just, you know, in that, on that level too. He was a mid Carter. Um, you know, I would, that's the, I wanted to see Brett and Benoit obviously, but I want to see Owen and Benoit cause that's what I thought Owen was going to be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole, you know, the Hart foundation, as far as I'm concerned was over, they were dead. They were going to WCW. I the the idea of maybe all of them being there together to face the NWO kind of creeped into my head, um, you know. With every ma- fantasy matchup involving Brett, I was able to see those equally with Owen. Um, but then, then he was coming. Then he was back. He was back, yeah. and to me, once I knew he was back, and I don't remember exactly what made me realize he was back. I think he cut a promo where he kind of got jumped in the ring and he had like a, his sunglasses on and he was like, I'm staying right here in the WWF. And he kind of was like in Vince's grill. So he returned, um, following, um, the Shawn Michaels victory over Ken Shamrock at the in your house. Yes. DX paper. He attacked Shawn post match. Yes. And then, um, I just remember... He, thinking, then he had the face-to-face interview with Vince. That's, I think, where I remember The sunglasses, it. the goatee. Yeah. He kind of had a rugged look. He wasn't this clean cut. I was kind of... I, I, like you, thought Owen was as good as gone because of what took place with Brett. Um, reading, you know, the, the dirt sheets and everything that was being said on there that, you know, Owen wasn't going anywhere. He was locked into a long-term deal. Um... I kind of figured, well, you know, Brett screwed his brother. He's not going to come back, so they'll just kind of be at a stale, like, you know, 
it's not really going to go anywhere. So we may not see Owen for a while. Right. That's what I thought. And then he showed back up, and they kind of played off of Brett's absence, right. why Owen was gone, and that's kind, kind of, of Sean a part of it. And I felt like, what better person to kind of pick up the mantle than Owen? You Not only I mean? that, defend but his his family's honor, go after the SOB who drove him out of the WWF. I was looking forward to that being a long term thing. Same here with Owen and Sean. Not what yeah. ended up coming. Yeah, Owen yeah. and Triple H, yeah. which was still good. But I was to me, this was like because I thought so highly of Owen in terms of where his he ability. stood. Uh, yeah, with his ability and really thinking he's not better than Brett, but he's as good as everybody else. Yeah. To me, it was, all right, Brett's gone. That that cherry on top is gone. Now he's in line for everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's he's on equal footing now. There's no shadow of Brett. There's no, like, this is his chance. Mm-hmm. Even as a smart, as I was getting smarter to this, I was like, this is it. This yeah. is his shot. Yep. You know what I mean? And I, I, I don't want to say I booked it in my mind, but like, what well, WrestleMania is around the corner. Why yep. not see these guys go out at WrestleMania and avenge oh, yeah. the loss? It's not out of the realm of possibility. I just, yeah. I just realized, to me, there was no ceiling for Owen anymore now that Brett was gone. Yeah. No, um, absolutely. And I, just, I was looking forward to that. Yeah, same here. I, I thought that with with Brett's absence and the circumstances surrounding his departure and Sean being a part of it and the history Owen has, obviously, with Brett as being Brett's brother, his history with Shawn Michaels on television the new look he kind of had, I was like, he, it was like a revived, rebranded Owen Hart that I thought like, damn, like, if I didn't think he was a main eventer or at that top level before that could go for the WWF title, he damn sure can go for it now. I remember the one thing noticing was he wasn't, no pink. Yeah. No slammy awards. Yeah. he was. It wasn't Owen Hart the wrestler. It was Owen Hart the person. Yeah. You know what I mean. That's what I thought about that. Yeah. No, I'll finish your thought. No, I, 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 like you. Like I was just very excited at the prospects of like where he could have gone, um, had they kind of. I and then to me, I felt like they. In hindsight, they, they overexposed, him. On TV, like this Blackheart character, I felt like in many ways, like he could have kind of dipped in and out and showed up from time to time, right, right, and not be as much a part of. They, it's almost like they rushed it too fast. Like you know, he he shows up, he attacks Sean, he wants a shot at Sean, he's got his issues with Vince, and you know now he's like just a regular guy in the roster. I felt like the the. The real life aspect of it, I think they could have dragged it out a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, with with him being, you know, so very, you know, mysterious, but like cold and black hearted. Yeah. So to speak. But to and, me, I was like, like to me, I didn't think of him as a black heart. You no. Know, the, all the the undertones of like negativity. In yeah. Terms of like, they were kind of making him look like a heel when I was like, to me, he was sympathetic. Yep. Like he had an edge to him now. But he was sympathetic, and I think they yeah. did everything they could do to undercut that. Even though it was right there in their in front of their face, this is this is the person who's going to. I thought him and Sean were easily going to main event Royal Rumble, and when they put Undertaker in there, I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, like I mean, I wasn't against it, but I was like, 
Damn, yeah, you got, you got something red hot here. Yeah. Like the audience was into it. Like yeah. I just was, I, I was very disappointed that like it was just done so quickly, yeah. and then they like shifted him over. Like, all right, here you go, you're gonna get Hunter. Yeah, you know, yeah. like they clearly had a path, obviously, to like to 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 put Austin in that top spot. I'm not yeah. saying that like Owen needed to be like, I don't know. I just, I just, I think, I think it also speaks to how highly they thought of him in the sense that. You could argue with everything else at play that he was really brought over to make Hunter bigger. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I thought I I was very pissed off that he lost that WrestleMania match to Triple H. Yep. Like to me, this was like, oh, what the hell? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Okay, maybe he can't beat Sean. You know, they're equal as far as I was mm-hmm. concerned. But he can beat Triple H. Yeah. You know, because Triple H wasn't he was there Sean's yet. lackey at the time. Yeah, yeah, and that's that one. He was still solid, but yeah, he wasn't was Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I was like, God damn it, like. So that, I remember that one. I know there was China was handcuffed to Sergeant Slaughter in that match. Yeah, there was hijinks there. But I was like, God damn it! Like, still Triple H wasn't quite there yet. He overnight literally became there. But um, I just remember being disappointed at Owen losing to him at that WrestleMania and just part of the page training process that the entire company was going through at that point. But um, yeah, I felt like Owen needed to have like a a. Uh, a redemption of some sorts because like he came back to avenge his brother even though they didn't mention his brother on TV like you knew like the issues he had with DX pretty much started because Brett got screwed and right. you know in a sense kicked out of the company yeah so i felt like in many ways like you like he should have gotten that victory over Hunter um at that WrestleMania yeah. it was a good match but like to me that was when i felt like all right the mystique is it's Kind of worn. It off. ended. Yeah, I feel yeah. like it ended at that point. Yeah, yeah. Like they kind of cooled his jets, yeah. and yeah, I the was faith wasn't there. Anymore. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed. Um, and then like it just kind of for me, it kind of continued like my disappointment with him. Um, not when they when they turned him on when they had him turn on Ken Shamrock so randomly to start that rivalry and then join the nation. I liked the nation. I, I liked him in the nation. I Excuse didn't me. like him in the nation at all. I didn't. I now looking back on it in 2019, I can accept it a little more. But as a kid, I was like, and maybe, maybe this was either the way I perceived it or the way that it was presented to me. But originally, the nation of domination was about. You know, African-American wrestlers banding together because they felt like they were being oppressed by the white man, so to speak, okay? That was the initial cause. That was the initial reason for the cause, so to speak. Right, right. The Rock ended up becoming the leader, and they kind of slowly took themselves away from that... That, That, like, militant type of... That, you know, that mission statement... Of being this like militia, this militant type group, and they just ended up, you know, it was just the nation, and it was the Rock with, you know, his his underlings, so to speak. Yeah, and, and I'll say this: like I, I was becoming a fan of the Rock at this point, um, so I wasn't like, but to me, Owen joining, I thought again, thinking nine steps ahead, like awesome. Owen Hart and The Rock eventually will probably wrestle each other, right? You know, maybe Owen's going to take over the nation and kick The Rock out. You know yeah. what I mean? And, you know, or, you know, The Rock's going to turn on Owen. Like, I, but I, I thought, I don't want to say that Owen legitimized the group because the group was 
was um I think firm in where they were. Yep. But I think um because there was such focus on the rock on a weekly basis, this gave and this gave new life to Owen mm-hmm. that I thought was cool. Uh, and I wasn't, I'm not going to say that I'm colorblind and I didn't see the racial aspects of the whole faction, but I was like, all right, this is cool. You know, I just thought it was like, all right, you know, we're, we're going in, a, we're going in a different direction. Um, a lot of things were happening differently at this point. Yeah. There was a lot of change that was going yeah, on. So, so I wasn't like, like, you know, it was, everything was just so fresh yeah. at this point. And I liked the idea of Owen being there because you knew it would, I, Maybe the pattern of it was it was gonna go somewhere with him. Yeah, I mean, I, I grew, he gets kicked out or he does something. Something was yeah. this was the beginning of something. I mean, I grew into it eventually over time, but like I just thought, like I don't know, I just wasn't. I, I maybe maybe I maybe I wanted to see more Blackheart, Owen Hart, little badass with the goatee. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, I don't know. That was that was just yeah. me at the time. But I liked but, that where it ended up going, and it wasn't. I probably didn't connect these dots, but the fact that it went to DX in the nation, I thought was really cool. Well, yeah, that was like, uh, that was where like, it kind of made sense to me. Like I kind of circled back and was like, okay, he joined these guys because he needs help against DX. Yeah. Or like, you know, just another way for him to get at Triple H. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, he couldn't do this fight on his own. So he enlisted in these guys and yes, he may have, you know, you know, uh, stepped some, stepped on some people along the way to get to that point, but um, <clears throat> yeah, that was to me like I was just in the beginning. It did, I didn't understand. It, I didn't get it. I grew into it and um, would end up, uh, you know, accepting it. Um, you know, in his time in the as his time in the nation um, would go on, uh, he he would have a pretty pretty good rivalry with Ken Shamrock. Uh, a couple series of matches. They had a dungeon match um, in the actual dungeon. Yep, I uh, Stu Hart's basement um, at the fully loaded pay-per-view with Dan Severin as the guest referee. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember during that time period, I was really itching to see Shamrock and Severin yep. um, in the WWF. And like we kind of talked about earlier, Owen was kind of like that that pest like Shamrock needs to get rid of that so he can go move on to Severn. Yeah, I was and a then, big Shamrock oh, fan at this point. Yeah. And I thought like that Shamrock was destined for the WWF championship. Oh, destined absolutely. For Dan Severn. Like this was I was absolutely. excited. So when Owen went in there and beat him, I was like, shit. Yeah. Like, God damn it. Like just ah. And then they would then they would eventually have the Lions Den match at SummerSlam, which I thought was a pretty cool little concept. It was like WWF's version of like, you know, the octagon, you know, yeah. that they um talk about that match and uh, you know, Owen and Shamrock at SummerSlam ninety eight. Smart that being a nice little attraction. Um I was firmly back on the anti Owen train at this point because I was such a big fan of that version of DX. Um you know, I was smart enough to know that all right this is you know i can i can pick and choose and i don't have to be so loyal to anybody because you know that disappeared and brett left um so i liked shamrock and i liked the idea of of owen kind of you know these two it was it it was like an athletic contest Mm because you knew ken shamrock was the ultimate fighting champion yeah so it was like all right this is his this is his match yep and these guys are it just had a different look and a different vibe to it and i know people don't look at it so kindly now, but I thought it was cool. 
and I liked it. I just didn't like the idea of like Owen like winning. Yeah. You know, I just like ah like he's not supposed to win in Ken Shermock's match. You know what I mean? That's yeah. you know that was my naive, you know, naivete kicking in if that's even a word. Um, yeah, I was I was firmly against Owen at that point for Shermock, so I was like, ugh, like oh Shermock should be beating this guy. You know, he yeah. breaks ankles. Yeah. You know, he goes on these fits of rage, and he could kill anybody. You know, who's Owen Hart? Yeah. This was, this was in hindsight, this was the last, like, real significant, you know, storyline, angle, rivalry for Owen Hart um, before he passed. Yeah. Um, following this, he was kind of, to the best of my recollection as a kid, he was kind of... Um, I wouldn't say they didn't know what to do with him, but I felt like he was just kind of all over the place. Um, losing the Shamrock would result in a rift between him and Dan Severn. Um, Dan Severn was like his coach after, you know, um, the first match that he beat Shamrock in, that that, that dungeon match. And um, they would have a match of their own um, on an episode of Raw where they brought back the... You know, Owen Hart tombstone pile driver, where yeah. he sat on his ass and he broke Dan Severn's neck, and oh, I remember that, yeah. that turned into that turned into a situation where um, Owen's character was so distraught and upset he did this that he decided he needed to step away and almost like retire. Um, which would then result in the reincarnation of the Blue Blazer. Yep. Um, we would see little pop-ups of the Blue Blazer every once in a while coming down from the ceiling, involved in like matches with Steve Blackman, um, involved in a match with Jeff Jarrett, kind of trying to help Jeff Jarrett. Um, what did you think of them bringing back the Blue Blazer? I didn't know what to think. I know my most vivid memory of that Blue Blazer run Um was I don't remember the exact match, but I think it was like a pay per view where like Deborah had to like strip down. Oh yes, yes, yes. Um, um Rock Bottom. Yeah. When Jarrett wrestled Gold Dust and if Gold Dust won, Deborah had to uh show the goods. Yeah, and it was happening and as a kid I went, Hell yeah, like Deborah's gonna show us what she's you know her puppies, right? And this son of a bitch blue blazer gets in there with the cape and covers her up and takes away and you're like, What the heck? Like, come on. Do you remember that night when we watched it? It's going to come back to me. Sorry. So me we so it. we ordered it, right? And we we had the, the TV in the living room at the time. So mom and dad were in the bedroom watching their TV, and we were in the living room watching the pay-per-view. I don't remember if Daryl had the bedroom in the sunroom on the sun porch at that point. I think he did. Okay. So we were watching it on the TV in the living room, and... You know, we like we were like, oh man, Deborah's gonna show the puppies, and you know, we were all excited. And I just remember hearing like someone getting out of bed, <laughs> like mom or dad, and you know, I could hear. And by the way, by the walk, I was like, well, that's dad. And I remember dad went to the bathroom, and then dad came out, 
And I just remember, like, as each time, as each footstep, I could hear each footstep in the hallway to come into the living room. It was like each article of clothing was coming off of Deborah. Yep. And then it got to the point where, like, once she went and took the bra off, I remember I was just, like, trying to casually. We recorded this on VHS. I was casually, like, changing the channel on the remote control so that, like, Dad didn't think that we were watching, like... He knew we were watching wrestling, but like you that know, we were watching, yeah. seeing his kids watching, you know, this woman take her top off. Yeah. On the TVs. So yeah. then, like, it just so happened that, like, when I changed the channel and he was in the room, he left. And when I put it back on, that's when yes. Owen yes. showed up as I the do blue remember blazer this yeah. and covered Deborah. Yeah. Um, I, I was just, I was just, oh, like that's how you get heat. Yeah. Nineteen ninety eight. Oh my god, that's that's probably the most vivid memory of the Blue Blazer before everything, before everything happened. happened yeah. Um, that I had was just like, and he kind of like they, I knew where it was going. I knew it was like he's gonna be this like condescending superhero who's yeah, gonna, you know, come but down. He, on but it took a while to get there because he was eventually put in a tag with Jarrett. Yeah, well, because I think they were playing on like. That Owen wasn't the Blue Blazer. Yeah, they were trying to make it seem like... Yeah, like they were also doing it a real poor job on purpose. Yeah. Which I thought was actually the brilliance of it. Oh, yeah, I totally agree, Um, yeah. But, like, it was kind of like... You knew that that's where it was going to go. Where Owen was going to kind of be this... Kind of what Kurt Angle ended up becoming when he first showed up. Yeah, over the top. Yeah, I'm this good. I'm, you know... I'm, a, you know, right. You do I'm, not boo an Olympic gold medalist. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm the defender of right from wrong. And, yeah, you know, and and this is salacious, and you know, just that very over the top. And I knew that that's where that was going. Yeah, um, and then we obviously got to they 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 you know they 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 stopped us a little bit with the the stuff with Jeff Jarrett. What would you think of the tag team? Because I liked I, it. I mean, maybe I was still stuck in like early 1998, but like I just didn't. I I thought at, Owen deserved better. Um, I thought Jeff Jarrett was finally, like, somewhere where he was, like, he had the whole male stripper look and the whole, like, you know, Tennessee Lee vibe, you know, country singer, and he, he shed that, literally, when he got his hair cut, and, you know, I looked at Jeff Jarrett's trajectory at that point in the same vein as Owen's from four years prior. He was, like, the new Owen Hart, as far as, I, granted, I'd known who Jeff Jarrett was for a long time, Yep. but I looked at, like... Owen was now Brett, and Jarrett was Owen. Yeah, you know that was the dynamic. Like Owen's gonna make Jeff Jarrett this new superstar, and mm-hmm. this will be a kick-ass tag team. And then they had Deborah, and you know her using her her goods to you know curry favor and help them win matches. So I thought it was cool. I liked it. I did. So, um, and again, like you said, they kind of went back and forth with the Blazer thing. So I was like. Less about the Blue Blazer and more about the tag team aspect of it yeah. because I liked what they were doing. For sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's. Uh, we, we've uh, we've reached probably the the the, the point of the uh, of this recording where it's not going to be as positive um, because we lived unfortunately through this, and we I wouldn't say we watched it because we didn't get to watch it live when it happened, but you know, we, we did. We saw. We got the pay per view. We got the pay per view, but not the actual. Part where he, the accident, the right? accident. Well, yeah, yeah. no one, no one. You were there, no, unless you, yeah, exactly. Um, Although there is that urban legend out there, but yeah, you know, I, um, I remember, I remember being really excited about this pay per view because 
I had gone to, with a couple of buddies of mine, to the Monday Night Raw the night after Backlash 1999 when um, the night Stephanie McMahon was kidnapped and they had the unholy wedding with Undertaker. And um, that was the first ever Monday Night Raw I ever attended at the Hartford Civic Center in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, And I, you know... The implications of like Austin and saving her, and then like the rock getting kicked out of the corporation, and then eventually it became the corporate ministry, and there was all kinds of stuff going on. There was a split amongst the McMahon family. Like looking back on it now, it probably wasn't the greatest storyline, but back then, twenty years ago in nineteen ninety nine, this was, was like, big time. It was huge. It I was, was like, lot. damn, was a huge deal. and I was there for like a big moment too. I was like, this is so cool, you know. And so I remember being really jazzed up about, like, all the matches that were taking place on that pay-per-view over the edge. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. And um, the the one match I was least looking forward to was the Owen Hart Godfather match. Um, Because I was... I just... I, I, I... I didn't like Owen as the Blue Blazer, and I thought it was kind of stupid, and I really wanted to see a more serious Owen. Maybe I needed to, uh, yeah, I was fucking 16 years old at the time, so like it was, it was, you know, um, maybe I should have just let things breathe a little bit and see how it played out, but like I just didn't have any like real excitement about this match at all. Oh, so the Godfather was awesome. Man. Yeah, the Godfather had all the hoes, yeah. and yeah, I mean, like, who's gonna like Owen Hart as the Blue Blazer at that point? You know, when you're up against the Godfather, but um, you know, house full of people, everyone came, everyone was excited about the pay per view, and then they they cut to the the pre match, the pre tape with Owen doing the interview, and. Uh, you know, as the Blue Blazer talking about he's going to drink his milk and, um, you know, become the Intercontinental Champion. Um, do it for the kids and say your prayers and take your vitamins and all that good stuff. And then uh, we cut back and JR, um, they show a shot of the crowd and JR informs everyone that um, this is not a part of the show. There was an accident and Owen Hart had fallen. Um, and I remember the whole room, we were all like, huh? And because wrestling and the nature of wrestling um, at that time and all the storylines were so over the top, like a month ago, like some guy tried to sacrifice this other guy. Like people, there was a, there was a part of me that was questioning whether this was real. And... It became even more real when they wouldn't go back to show... They wouldn't show you what was taking place in the ring. Because they said, we're not going to show you what's going on in the ring. We have medics and this, that, and the other. Um, take me through your account of that evening. It was kind of that way. Uh, yep. Like, I don't want to say... I mean, I don't want to say that I was first in this thought. But I, I quickly realized the severity of it. At the same time, like, show us what's in the ring. Show us what's in the ring. You want to see it for real, you know what I mean? Um, The moment that I began to really think about this in the terms that make wrestling so insignificant was when Jerry Lawler got back to the table 
during that sequence. Jerry yeah. Lawler was by himself, yeah, kind of right. saying, "This is as real as real gets." That's, I think yeah. was kind of the quote. And Jerry yeah. Lawler sits down at the table because apparently he jumped into the ring to help check on as him, best yeah. as he could, and he had this look on his face. And again, he, these guys weren't talking in their normal announcer voices, and my God, and puppies. Yeah. They were Jerry Lawler and James Ross, and they had their. They, there was no gravitas to them. They were very subdued, and again, the look on King's face, and he just said, "You know, it's, it doesn't look good." You know, and fuck, yeah, that was yeah. like. Then they moved along. Then they went. Then they moved along with the pay per view. It got real for me when two two things. The next match was Jeff Jarrett yep. and. I think it was Jeff Jarrett and Deborah against Val Venus and Nicole Bass. Yep. And Jarrett was crying. And you could see Deborah was crying too. And he was so he was trying to get through the interview that like he was like, I love y'all and I'm pulling for you. Yep. And you could see Deborah couldn't even and then he kind of went back to like heel Jeff Jarrett, kind of grabbed her by the arm and was like, let's go. And then when they made it down to the ring and in the corner, you saw the spot of blood in the corner. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, shit, he really did fall. Yeah. And at that point, like. That was when like nothing else mattered for the rest of the night. Like as as everything else, Steve Austin, the Undertaker was a couple hours earlier. It was what's happening with Owen. Yeah. You know what I mean, like nothing nothing else mattered. Yeah. I don't or even remember how the end of that show went. And I don't honestly care. Yeah. <laughs> to this day, I know you can't go find it anywhere. You it's know, on the network. Is it on the network? The entire show is on I the don't, network. I don't know if I could actually watch that. Yeah, that's... that's, that's um, that might be something yeah. I have to prepare myself that's for. That's on the network. Um, but, I think they do put a disclaimer up on the network yeah. uh, before that show um, about the accident. Um, I, I, I believe they do. I don't yeah. know for sure, but um, yeah. I just remember not caring about anything else that happened. I just, we all were very much like, I didn't feel like our parents kind of came in the room and were like, what happened? And we're like, this is real mom. Or this is real dad. I remember you know? yeah, dad was like, no, they, you know, I was like, dad, a guy fell from the fucking ceiling. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, um, like, yeah. I just remember just kind of like everything else just being a blur because it just didn't matter. Like it was. This was probably one of the most impactful moments of my like life as a wrestling fan, even mm-hmm. to this day. Like I don't think anything's ever shook me as much as this. Yeah. As a fan, you always like, especially you know, sadly the 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 mortality rate of wrestlers has not been kind, you know, historically speaking. So I'm I was very familiar with wrestlers passing away unexpectedly, and you know the the, the honor and treatment that they would get in various memorial shows or whatever, you know, video packages. This shit happened in a ring. You know what I mean? And, you know, I, I remember when they brought it back to JR and he un- broke the unfortunate news. I think he even said, you know, something to the effect of. I have the unfortunate yeah. responsibility. And I remember, and I get chills thinking about it. I looked at you and then I saw you look at whoever you were sitting next to. And it, then I looked back and then it was like, you still didn't think like, oh my God. But, like, he, he jumped right into it. He was just like, you know, Owen Hart has died. Yeah. And I just thought that was such, like, a colorless, dry announcement. 
you know, when someone dies, it's just different. To me, it's different than passed away. Yeah. You know, or killed. You know, there's the, just the 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 wording of it came off very empty. Uh, not that, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Jim Ross, obviously, I give all the courage, you know, and and support for him having to sit through and do that because. Probably took everything in him to have to deliver yeah. that message. I mean, yeah, you um, can't like. Again, having to hear that through his headset too. I'm sure, yeah. you know, rather than being sat down and being told that news, yeah. he was getting that news and then having to relate very quickly. Yeah. So I just remember like, what happens tomorrow? Like, what? Not in life, but you know, in the WWF. How like, they handle it? Like, How where go? is this gonna go? Yeah. And then, I, and immediately after that, like, I my first thought was not knowing who Martha Hart was or his children, like. You know, obviously knowing who his parents are, his brother, I was like, God, I hope they, I like, even at that age, I was like, I hope this isn't them finding out. Yeah. Like, I was like, I hope, I hope they called the, the Owens family and, you know, they were able to find out. And like, this was also a very impactful moment for me because I felt like for all the, 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 the risk that these guys give us and girls give us on a nightly basis, like. They have a wife, they have husbands, they have yeah. children, they have family members that they, they got go a real home life to. to go to. Yeah, like that. Like to me, there, there, there was no more walls up. There was no more illusion. Um, you know, this was. To me, wrestling died in a lot of ways that night because it wasn't. It wasn't important. Now I can get lost in it, and I can remind myself of it, and it's cool. But this was a very real moment. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You I mean you obviously were there. I to me it was wrestling was it didn't exist anymore. It was again like there was this life that just ended and the consequences of that literally unfolding not just in front of our face, but behind the scenes. Yeah. Like and then they picked up and went back and went and, and, and finished the show. And that's a controversy that I think I'm not really interested in debating, but um, I was going to ask you what you thought of that. But I mean, well, I mean, we'll, talk, we'll no. talk about it. I, I have no problem. I mean, I'm not interested in debating because I don't, I don't, um, I don't think it was wrong to keep the show going. Um, it's it's a hard decision to make either way. There's no right. There's no right decision to make. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just felt like it was just um, everything mattered less. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. I remember. I remember when they delivered the announcement, and we were all like, "Holy shit!" Like he really did die. Like they're like I remember like like Buddha was at the house. He was like, "Please don't tell me this is like a story they're doing." Like you know, and Buddha would know. He's like, "Did you read about this shit?" Like, did, did, did I'm like, "No." Like, this is not you know, this is not something they're doing. You know, surprisingly, like this is this is real, and I I had this. <clears throat> I don't know how to describe it. I guess you could call it like this uncomfortable, warm feeling in your body. Um, I had this when I found out that Bobby Heenan died. Ooh. Um. It was actually, I was doing an episode of the Ken Reedy show when I was on the air and um, it had come through and it was confirmed on, on you know, news outlets. And I kind of had to break that news 
Um, and I had this like warm, uncomfortable feeling in my body where like I was almost close to shaking, you know? Um, and that's how I felt when I watched Jim Ross deliver that announcement. I don't know who I was sitting next to on the couch, but I just felt this. I felt like all the blood was like drained out of me. And like I was I felt very like loose and like, you know, very like I don't know how to describe it. Almost kind of like almost kind of like the feeling like you get when like for diabetics, when like the blood sugar is really low. Right, right. Or like if you have or for people who are not diabetic, like you haven't eaten anything in a while, you're a little dehydrated, you know, like you that's how I kind of felt when I watched that. Yeah. And I, you know, you know me, we used to tape everything for wrestling. Um, that was one tape that, like, the quality of the tape was so bad it couldn't get a clear picture. Like, it, that, like, I didn't bother watching it. Yeah, I don't think that. I've watched that ever again yeah, since. I, 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 didn't, I didn't bother watching yeah, it. I, I haven't watched it on WWE Network, yeah. that's for sure. I felt like. But, Again, the whole news delivering, the whole part where Jim Ross delivered the news and the way he did it um, was obviously very difficult for him, but it also very quickly sent home the message to me that despite what we see on TV, these people have an impact on each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? The Jeff Jarrett reaction, too, also kind of played into that as well. Like, they, they this is their... This is, you know, that almost helped me realize the brotherhood, the the, the secret society that wrestling is, and yeah. the type of love that these people have for each other. They're people. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? They're real people, and this was a real moment. And it's horrible to say it that way, but it just, I it, it made me realize that it wasn't, anything Owen ever did in a ring that made people feel the way they did about Owen Hart, those who knew him. It's yep. Owen the person. Yeah, it was human like. being, yeah. And that's what really rang home to me that night. And then seeing those guys have to continue that show, because I think that happened right before the main event. When they it, it, it. It, was the, the, it was right before it was right before the double main event, because it was Rock and Triple H. They were the co-headliner, yes, right. and Austin and Undertaker were the main event with Vince and Shane as the referees for both. Right, right. And I remember, I remember they after they after Jr. made the announcement. Nobody in the arena knew, like yes. got the official. I did word. not know that until after. Yeah, until well after, until well after the well fact. Well yeah. after, but they cut to the arena, and then I don't know if they cut to a video package or if they cut to the Rock coming out. But you know the 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 match happened with him and Hunter, and I remember. The Rock did his did his thing where he would beat the guy up on the floor and then he would get on the the headset of the announcer's table and he would say something. Um, and I remember like he beat up Hunter, put the headset on, and he was like, "Owen loves you." The Rock loves you, Owen, and like you could hear it in his voice, mm. like he was cracking, like he couldn't even get it out, and he like dumped the headset. Um, and like you said, they went on with the show. I'm not going to debate this with you. But I disagree. I don't think they should have went on with the show. And here's why. To the point you made about Owen Hart, the human being, having an impact on all the people that he worked with in that company and the friends that he had made and his colleagues. 
you know, you, I'm sorry, but if I was, if, uh, how can you, how can you instruct someone to go out there and perform for an audience and trust another individual with your body or you or, 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 or another individual trusting you with their body and you feeling emotionally distraught over that news and not being able to perform yeah. and work. No, I don't, you know I, I mean? I don't disagree with that at all. Like, I, I'm not saying I su- no, I'm not. I know you're not saying you support yeah. it. I know it's a tough. I, I know what you, I it's get. It's a you're tough call. It. Yeah, it's a tough call. And, and, and like, in making the decision either way isn't being made with a clear mind. Yeah, no. So I, it's hard I, to. No, I get it, and I'm not. <clears throat> I'm not saying that like it was the right call, and I'm not saying that you know like that it. I'm. I just feel like asking those guys to go out there and perform and trust each other with their bodies after they had just gotten that news and being. You know, when, when people get emotional, people handle things differently in yep, life. Absolutely. But when people get emotional, sometimes they don't have control of their body. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? And to be able to go out there and 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 I'll get and I'll give them this. You know, a testament to them as performers that they were able to go out there not only after hearing and seeing what happened with him earlier in the evening, but then later finding out the news mm-hmm. that he had passed and he didn't make it. I respect the fact that they were able to pull it together. Yeah. As safely as they possibly could. But I don't agree with the decision that was made. I don't agree with the logic that he would have wanted the show to go on. I don't agree with that either. I, you know, I, and, and, you know, I, I don't, I don't buy into that, but. Yeah, like I said, it's Let's just, put it this way. A baseball game or a football game, if some guy fucking got dropped on his head and died or someone got hit in the head with over. a baseball and did, yeah, game's over. You know what I mean? End of discussion. And you know what? With that being said, because of using that comparison, if that, if this. God, I never hope, hope hopes that never want that this to happen again in any endeavor, much less wrestling. Yeah, but if that were to happen in the WWE again, the show would be over. I know they would stop the show. Yeah. Um, but uh, as I think we've heard and read since, according to those that were there, because that part is always, I've always wondered about what the, that event was like when they brought him back. You know, that was people seeing someone they cared and loved about literally on on his deathbed. Yeah. Dragged, you know, not dragged, but being brought into an ambulance and bringing him through the curtain. And that, if I'm know, not... That is, but in that, in those moments, I, you know, that makes me uncomfortable in a way that I almost, that I want to know just for my own therapy in the sense that, like, I, I want to know how those people dealt with that. With seeing, obviously seeing the accident was, was, was horror, horrific, but having to be so close to him as he was brought backstage and out of the building, and the reason why I say that is, as I think we've been we've been told, or at least it's been made aware to us for people close to the situation, is that those guys were given the option to go out there, according to certain people, and I believe Bruce Pritchard was one who had said that that they were given the option to go out there and keep the show going. So if that was their call, and again, no right, no no right or wrong answer. Looking back, yeah, on yeah, it, yeah, of course. To your point, more power to them. More yeah. power to them. I, res- I respect their ability to pull it off. Yeah. At that point, it didn't matter how well they pulled it off as long as they were safe. Yep. Um, yeah. Because that's what it felt like. Like, it was almost like 
you held your loved one. Well, you hear it all the time when someone passes away. Hold your loved ones. Yeah. Say I love you. Cherish every moment. Yep. That's what it felt like. Yeah. When no one died. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? That was to me what that was like. Yeah. I I going back to your your your, your point here regarding you know what it was like you know to to witness him. I could be wrong, but there's a part of me that feels like that that Jeff Jarrett cutaway interview that they did. Before he started cutting the promo, some of the paramedics ran across the camera, not with Owen on the stretcher, but part of it's me probably feel, to go attend to him, yeah, to attend to him, yeah, or, or like follow the, him on the gurney to get him into the ambulance, yeah, yeah. Part of me feels like he had either just passed them yeah. before the interview started. I could be mistaken, yeah. But either way, I'm sure that there was a number of people, as accounts of that of that night have gone. That obviously had to not just see the accident, but see him dying. Yeah. Not him actually die, but you yeah. know, just see, to, to see him come through the back and be taken out of the building to obviously never, you know, to not be alive anymore. Those moments, I think, to me, is where I sympathize with those guys so much because that had to have been a very hectic and alarming, very controlless atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, and sure. I would, and I would, I would, that was probably a very frightening moment for anyone who was back there. Yeah. I, I, you know, I know that's a very don't go there moment for a lot of people, you know, in terms of shoot interviews and things like that. And I understand why, because it's not just having to see the accident, but it's having to be so close to that person and really probably want to do everything you can to make them live when you yeah. can't. So, you know, that one's hard. I think I've thought about that a lot over the years. Like, man, how is... What was the Undertaker feeling when the gurney is being? If he saw it, you know what I mean, or just hypothetically, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I'm sure, again, a whole army of wrestlers saw him come through the back and get loaded into the ambulance. Yep, yeah. So that to me has always been like, man, I feel for all those people. Oh yeah, you know, and then the people you don't know about that made the made those that that made an an impression that Owen made an impression on the camera people and everybody that works in that company. Production crew, yeah. Yeah, they I mean, all had to see it, and it's just, it's awful, you know? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know where else to go from there. You know, I know the next night was, you know, the, the the tribute show, and I remember that really hit home for me, too. Yep. Watching that. Yeah. Because you I saw... I like a baby. I, you saw that happen right in front of your eyes. You didn't see the accident happen, but you saw, you saw, again, the impression that Owen made on people, and the grief. It's sad to say that a lot of my... Grief coping skills are through watching things like that happen yep. on memorial shows, and that's a sad thing to say. Um, so, yeah, I'll never forget that show, um, and just seeing like Mick Foley, like mankind, um, crying like a baby, Mark yep. Henry, you know, yeah. Triple H, yeah, oh, that, know, yeah, that was it was that was hard. That was hard to watch. Um, I remember it so well, but I also don't remember it i have this ability sometimes when i don't want to talk about things to conveniently forget them. Walk i think that's out. one of them um i remember like if i watched it now i would it would take me right back because i yep. remember it but i also don't and I'm, I'm almost comfortable with that yeah um but yeah and then you know i thought it was cool you know the one part of that show that i remember is when the road dog and godfather got in the ring for their match and they were like you know what 
let's screw this. We're not burning one for all. That's yeah, really yeah, you know, yeah. Like the you know, smoking pot reference. Yeah, yeah, let's let's go kick it in the back and let's just tell Owen Hart Owen. stories. Yeah, let's you know, go tell some Owen stories. Steve yeah. Austin with the beer toast at the, the end. Toast at the end. Yeah, that's when you saw Jr. really get choked up at the end. Um, Jr. I'll never forget Jr.'s call. I don't want to call it that, but I mean his his call right before the Austin toast. He was like, "I hope someday." That I can be as good a man as Owen Hart, so I could see him in heaven again mm. someday, and you could hear it in his voice. Yep. And then Lawler kind of like choked up too and said, "You know, tell those that you love that you know that you love them. Don't take it for granted. You know, like." And I was 16 years old at the time, and. Part of me could grasp that and understand that, but part of me still, you know, was 16-year-old me, you know, like not mature and just trying to, you know, find my way through the world. Um, but those those two statements right there from them yeah. was like, was was very, you know... It, it, it was, was appropriate, too. Yeah. Oh, those yeah. were the voices of, of my generation, yep. especially, you yeah. know, like... That's like Walter Cronkite giving news. Like, you'll never forget that stuff. The things that he probably said to that generation of people. That's what JR and the King were to me, yeah. especially. Like, so, I like I said, I do now that, again, you bring it you bring it out. Now I remember it as clear as day. Um, it also, to me, was very, the show was very appropriate as a tribute. To me, it was like, there are funerals. And there's a very there's a custom to how funerals take place, you know, denominations aside. Um, but this was almost like the WWF's version of one. Yeah. And now they're all too familiar at yep. this point. But to me, it was like this was something you've been so attached to your whole life, and you get to see how they deal with it. Yeah. And in many ways, like I said, it's kind of taught me how to deal with it yeah. in my own weird way. So it was an experience. Yep. As sad as that sounds. Uh, to go through that entire fiasco or that sad, um, that sad event, um, it, it, like I said, it, it definitely uh, changed my outlook on wrestling and, and life because, like you know, like Jerry Lawler said, you know, you know, tell them you lo- tell the people around you that you love you, that you love them. Yeah, so, yeah. Not getting a little too uh, carried away now. Yeah. So. No, no. I mean, no. I get, I get it. I understand. The one thing that I took from that show. That I that I wasn't aware of at that time was how big of a river and a practical joker he was, and yeah. something that he's been known for for throughout the course of his career. Right. Um, let's try to end this one. Yeah, on a good we note could here. go too far. Um, yeah, because we kind of. But I felt like we needed to address it at least because we we lived it. You know, yeah. we watched it in front of our very own eyes. You know what I mean? Like I, I said this recently. Uh, you know, when Dennis and I we did the um, the 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 Vengeance 04 watch watch party where we talked about the Benoit. You know, controversy. I'm like, we're not the WWE. We're not the fucking WWE Network. We're just a couple of wrestling fans. So why can't we fucking talk about it? You know, yeah. people people that have other podcasts out there be like, well, I will never speak about the Chris Benoit situation again after what he did. To all. And that's fine. That's your prerogative. But like that doesn't make the rest of us who have an opinion less than you. You know right. what I mean? Absolutely. So, like, you know, we're not the WWE Network. We're not. We don't restrict anyone to do any of that sort of thing. You know. So, I felt like, yeah, let's talk about our feelings on what we went through and lived 
throughout that process. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of glad that we got to talk yeah. about that um, and kind of get that off our chest. But as far as like the positive aspect, yeah, like yeah, I said, yeah. this has been a whole, for the most part, this has been, you know, we're, we're two hours and 30 minutes in. This has been a pretty positive experience on our recollections of Owen Hart's career. Um, like I said, that show, I learned that he was a big practical joker and a ribber. Um, any, any good Owen Hart rib stories that you've heard of? Um, that you want that you'd like to tell? Um, probably the first one that comes to mind, and it I'll stick with it as my favorite for now, unless something else creeps into my head. Yeah, is the is the story that Brett tells about WrestleMania in New Jersey when Stu Hart came in yeah. and Owen does the prank phone call, the Reggie Parks. Yeah, he yeah. poses Reggie Parks and he starts testing Stu and kind of poking the bear. If to you try wanted it. to train me, why didn't you train like, me? The, those story that one that exam that story is an example of other stories that you and I or other people have about people that we care and love about. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um God, like I, I I could easily see our grandfather being on the phone getting angry and uptight at one of us yeah. for, for trying to poke that bear. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um What the hell are you doing? Who the hell is yeah, this? Yeah, you know what I mean? And and that makes me feel good Dorothy to, who is yeah. this on the phone <laughs> it makes me feel good to know that that's the type of person he was um, and that you know we got we all got a little bit of Owen Hart in us yeah. you know what I mean um, another another story that I think Brett told at his Hall of Fame speech um, he uh, what was this how did the story work he he um, it was something with Hacksaw Jim Duggan oh and maybe you can tell the story better. <laughs> so I, I remember this one. Yeah, he. Um, um, oh, he, uh, the the lady at the front desk um, was was on the phone with with Jim Duggan. Duggan was complaining about something. Um, in the room or something. He was talking. He, he was. Oh yes. And Owen just said to the lady, so "Like, give me the phone. Yeah, give me the phone. <laughs> I got this." So he grabbed the phone from her, like he and pretended he was. He worked at the hotel, and um, and then uh, you know, basically like you know was did the opposite of what any hotel worker should do. Like gave yeah. her, like gave Doug in the worst customer service. Give him a hard time. Give him a hard time. You're just a lousy wrestler. What are you complaining about? You know, the toilet works just fine or whatever it was. And so like he hung up the phone and then like he told the girl at the front desk, he was like, Hey, if he's looking for me, just tell him, tell him it's me, Jim Power. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, so then Duggan went down to the front desk, and I guess he, like, I don't know if he got into a physical altercation with Jim Powers, but he, like, freaked yeah. out on Jim Powers when he saw him in the lobby of the hotel. Um, that was always a good one. I remember watching a shoot interview with um, with X-Pac, and X-Pac told a story about how um, Owen used, when Owen used to work, the house show matches with Brett, he'd get Brett in a rest spot, like a rear chin lock. And Owen used to carry in his in his tights sardines and yes. mush them up in his hands. And when he gets Brett to apply that rear chin lock, he's got the sardines uh, like yes. all over his face. And Brett can't do anything about it because he's got to sell the move. Yeah, he's because, working. Yeah, he's working, you know. <laughs> 
So I thought that was a pretty good one. I'm sure there's some plenty, plenty I, of great Owen Hart I ribs. I will say this: I didn't stories. know what a rib was until this moment. Yeah, same term, here. That term rib. Same here. Now yeah. I use it all the time. Yeah. And now I find myself kind of like trying to channel my Owen Hart every once in a while. And and I, it, I'll bring this back to when I, uh, me and Dennis met. That's right. Yes, I remember um, this story. I don't remember the exact instance. Dennis was trying to like tell me something, and I wasn't really believing him. And then my response back to him was like, man, like, you know, he'd said he was kidding or, and, and, and I, my response back to him and he, maybe he can tell the story better, but basically how he knew, how we knew each of us as wrestling fans is because when I, I remarked back to him, I was like, oh, I thought you were ribbing me. And he, he instantly was like, you're a wrestling fan. And I was like, how did, I was like, of course I am. And he was like. No one else uses the term rib yeah. unless they're a wrestling fan. He's told that story on this show um, before. Yeah, yeah so it, it just like, you know, I didn't know what that was until this moment when, you know, the the good side of Owen Hart came out. Um, and like I said, I like to channel that every once in a while. Um, I remember actually I tried to rib you once. Uh, we were going to WrestleMania 24 and um, Maria Kanellis was in Playboy. And you were traveling with your girlfriend at the time. So I was in JFK airport meeting you guys in Florida and I bought the Playboy magazine and my rib idea was to put the magazine in your bag (laughs) so that at some point your girlfriend would see it. And she'd be like, and she um, hated Maria. Yeah, well, I mean, she I didn't know that, but I she was like, Mar- it's funny you say that because she hated Maria. So, so my idea was that you would see this, and then you would have to obviously find a way to make sure she didn't see it. Yeah. Which, whether or not I saw that to inspire was the thought of it was gold for me, and that to me, like I said, <laughs> I will, I will, you know, I will take with me not just the matches and, and the moments that Owen brought to us on TV that are you know that live forever you know, out there in the WWE network and elsewhere, but you know, the, uh, the person Owen Hart and the impact that little stories like that make made on them, you know, I, um, you know, that there's, there's a lot to be said for the, the impact in that, um, that we make on each other as people and that Owen made on all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what makes Owen Hart live on. Yeah. And, um, you know, like I said, if I can if I can tip my cap to Owen every once in a while, um, with little mo- little ribs here and there, you know, we got to enjoy the time we have on this earth. So let's 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 have you know, let's rib each other a little bit and have some fun, you know, and, yeah. and, and and get away from life's worries a little every once in a while. And you know that fear that that free spirit attitude, uh, I'll attribute that to Owen Hart 100. percent You know, I'll take that with me forever. But long long after I've watched his you know his matches for the last time yeah free spirit that's a that's a great way of uh of describing him because he was he was that very jovial fun loving um amongst you know his peers and uh obviously his family as well um the 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 last elephant to address in the room regarding owen hart is of course um an induction into the wwe hall of fame uh something that's been talked about for a number of years um we all kind of know why that hasn't happened yet. Um, what do you? Wh- what's your take on this whole Owen Hart not in the Hall of Fame situation? And do you, and do you think there's a? Do you think there's a? I, I believe there's an opportunity for it to happen. Do you think that somewhere down the line it's it's going to happen? Um, never say never is I think the thing that wrestling has taught us. Yeah. growing up, um, obviously deserving, no doubt about that. 
Um, I'm not one to criticize the fact he's not in there. We know why he's not in the Hall of Fame. I, I respect the wishes of his his widow and and the family and 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 uh, how they feel they need to handle that. Mm-hmm. They have their own, you know, way of dealing with it. Yeah, yeah. And, and coping and, and and honoring his memory. The Own Heart Foundation raises money to this day in his name. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing legacy. Yeah. That's more important than a Hall of Fame, to be honest. Yep. Um, I kind of thought of this little idea a while back. Um, given his association to the Slammy Awards, if there was a Owen Hart Award that was awarded, maybe it kind of in the same vein as the Warrior Award, but you know, maybe exclusive to just WWE employees. Like, what if you know, companies out there they hand out employees of the month, you know, employees of the year. I know my company does, um, where I work. Um, I think that would be a cool little award to name in his honor that you could, and you could honor anyone who walks the halls of that building. Yeah. The Owen Hart Award at the Slammy Awards, you know, which would be, like I said, if you did it at the end of the year, you know, a Christmas party type award and it's the Owen Hart Award, you know, and again, the, the, the association that Owen Hart, the character had with being a two-time Slammy Award winner, um, I think would kind it, of yeah. make that make sense. And again, it would be, I think, an appropriate way to... To pay tribute to him if he were to never get in the Hall of Fame. If he doesn't get in the Hall of Fame, that's that's the way things are. Um, like I said, it's it's not up to us. Uh, I respect the wishes of his family to honor him the way they do, and the way they honor him is, I think, is is great. Yeah. So you know, anything else is extra and gravy at this point. I, so. I think it's going to happen at some point. I really do. That whole never say never obviously plays a factor into it. Um, feel like you know obviously you know time heals all wounds as cliche as that sounds um but i think with the way that wrestling and at least wwe has changed in the last several years um with certain things um i think that this is something that could be worked out where you know the proceeds of his induction go to the owen hart foundation or they you know they 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 introduced their own scholarship in his name, yeah. um, you know, things like that. Um, Definitely plenty of options the way the yeah. company has evolved over the years, yeah, for sure. I think, I, yeah, I, that's kind of how I was thinking. I, th- I think something like that could eventually um, warm up, you know, that could that could be an idea that, like, maybe the family could warm up to at some point. Right. Um, you know, I'm not going to put a timetable on it, but... Um, you know, I think I think there's I think there's room for that that scenario to to flourish and grow, and eventually, you know, we would we'll get to see um, his induction. Um, final thoughts: his legacy in the business, and I know this is I know this is a silly question to ask, but I'm going to ask it anyways. How much farther could he have gone had he not passed away? Um. How much farther he could have gone, knowing what we know now since he's passed away, didn't doesn't appear as if there was much further he was gonna go or wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Um, the sad part of the story was that Owen Hart was very much towards closer to the end of his wrestling career than he was the beginning, and was looking to uh, settle down and, and you know and be a full time father and full time husband and you know kind of assimilate to normal life. Yeah. Um, so I didn't I don't I didn't foresee that Owen being you know, you know, achieving much more. Um, his legacy, I think, is just probably the most well-liked guy in the business. You know, I don't, you know, in a business where, you know, 
everyone's a liar, everyone's got an agenda, a motive, um, you know, we would have found out by now if there was a bad word to be said about Owen Hart because somebody would have owned oh, it yeah. and said it, you know? Oh, yeah. So I love the fact that that hasn't happened. Um, and that's, I think, going to be his legacy, just being, you know, the, one of the most well thought of, most highly thought of, kind of in that, on you know, separate then, you know, uh, uh, kind of an armchair you know, equal to the Andre the Giants, who people have bad things to say about, or even the Undertaker, who have people have not so favorable things to say about yep. either. You know, Owen's above all that. Yeah. You know, in terms of kind of like the respect level that he gets, and I think that's his legacy. He's probably being the most respected guy to ever step foot in wrestling. Yeah, very, very lovable. Not a bad word to say about him. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, well. I think I, I think we kind of covered it all when it came to uh, his his wrestling career, and I think we I think we did a pretty good job of sticking with the uh, the positivity. Like I said, felt like we had to address how it all transpired at the end, but yeah. uh, you know from our first hand accounts. But um, you know this is this was uh, this was a lot of fun, and uh, you know I, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, join me, and you know being a big heart family, uh, you know fan that you are you know i i, I really couldn't have do, done it with hmm. with uh with anybody else um that i know of but uh thank you once oh, again for, you uh, for having for, me for doing this and this was pretty cool and we hope you all enjoyed uh this look back at owen hart if you guys have any owen hart memories stories that you want to share hit us up on facebook facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two also do the same thing on twitter our handles at kicking out two k-i-c-k-n-o-u-t and the number two um yeah share them all good you know all the all the good the, the great stories that you've heard over the years ribs matches by all means hit us up on social media and uh l- you know let's let's celebrate the the life and the positive um contributions that owen hart has made to our lives as wrestling fans so uh um next week we're gonna have a special watch party we don't know what it is yet because you still have to vote in the poll so by all means uh vote in the poll on social media facebook and twitter to find out what show we are going to be watching all together on the wwe network next week and with that being said i think it's time enough is enough and it's time to put this show down for a three count and we'll see you all next week